gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Weekly Games Chat. Uh, this is Sean, of course. Uh, Weekly Games Chat is the world's greatest podcast about video games. Point blank, period. Uh, as always, we're streaming live on Twitch.tv, so if you want to, you can just simply, uh, from any device really, go to Twitch, find us. We're just Weekly Games Chat. It's one long, giant word. And then here we are. Every Tuesday, we, we're here. All of us. Um, yeah, that's how we do. Uh, episode 435 here, and uh, this will be one of the ones we have to put on our calendar you know where John took PTO, so uh, it's it's just Chris and I today. We kind of gave you a tease last week about that. Wait, the what? show's never, you know, if I'm not here or John's not here, Chris has never not been here. It it's a different vibe, so we hope you enjoy it today. Um, so <laughs> without normally, I, I'm saying that to let you guys know. Normally, I go say hey to John first. What that's kind of like tra- happening. That's tradition. And then I go to Chris, but today I just get to go to Chris because John's not here. So, Chris, yeah, what's up, man? I, I haven't seen you today, dude. Hello, yeah. <laughs> Johnson Olive Garden. Obviously, well, it's where he was going to go have Olive Garden and some of that nice uh, Alfredo dip to go with the breadsticks, which is oh my god, that's oh, so, yeah. so good. Uh, hello, though. What, what is <laughs> what's going week, on? Chris, we had no last week. We had internet stuff. Today I'm hearing audio stuff. Are you playing a John Loop? Are you joking me? Wait a minute. Maybe if I testing just, one, two, three, testing. If I just look behind this picture, oh, there he is. How did he, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, friends of the show? John rescinded his PTO. I told he you I'm here. invisible to these people. I'm invisible <laughs> to these people. I didn't get the text, even though it says red. I didn't I do it. I don't like doing this bit because it it like validates his thoughts. It really does. It lets him know that we just do what we want and he doesn't exist. Right. That's <laughs> and that couldn't be further from the truth, but proof you know. pudding. Proof, proof pudding. Pudding. Like, you know, P- if, pudding if we want to, John could like start to talk about what he cares about and I'll just go, you know, hey, we're going to topic time, I guess. <laughs> or like that's no. how we end uh you know the the post hang like that happens a lot actually uh but yeah ladies and gentlemen john is in the flesh in the building he's here uh you sure that look he just gave us hopefully somebody doesn't screen grab that because it looks like you're very not happy about something john uh, actually i'm i didn't know you, i legit until i don't know it started when the news came through and i went why would he do that if he's not gonna be here well, a lot of times I do the news. You do. You do it all the time. I and I literally, this morning, I reached out to him. I was like, do I need to write the news? Because I was expecting him to be off. Right? You know? And yeah. He's- no, they, they, called my, they called my dad and said, the car looks like it probably needs a little bit more body work. So, you know, I did say last week that it's kind of a moving target. I just didn't know it would move that far out. So it's going to be... Um, it's going to be a while, so they got to do some body work on the bumper. I told that story last week, right? Or you something? did, but I'm yeah. also, I'm I'm making this face right now because this is very suspicious. Oh, what? Or um, as the kids say, just sus on the mechanics part. Yeah, because yeah, like, it could be, but it's know, in the it's with the Honda dealership, and the insurance is taking care of it. So, you know, um, 
I just wish that mom would have stopped in Houston instead of continuing to San Antonio. <laughs> exactly. Uh, she was just, she was cruising, man. You couldn't see was. She was on a mission. Oh. I mean, I get it. Her mom, her mom was sick and she was trying to get there. Yeah. We've, we've, we've all probably been there in that some capacity of that before. Yeah. Um, ladies and gentlemen, this is the intro of our show. If you've never listened, uh, you don't know that. So I just told you, we're just going to kind of shoot the cuss word for a little bit. Uh, to all you long times, you, you kind of already know that. Uh, you actually, just like in chat uh, on Twitch, ask us, do I want to be here or do I want to be on a pool stream instead? I voted for the pool stream. I don't know that I'd be here. I'm just saying. Uh, see, John, a pool stream on Twitch is. You're just going to be like, hey, guys, you, you go talk about whatever during topic i'm just gonna go watch this full stream yeah, i'll be right back i'll be on this stream <laughs> question so funny let me go move the pop tot uh, over your head <laughs> real quick on the screen uh, i don't know if uh so we all three have something to bring to the table hmm. um and it's kind of i don't know that this happens a lot but all three of these things we're all aware of yeah uh, i'll start off with me first i don't know if i said this on air before course i'm a big niners fan and the super bowl is here i think last week remind me if i told you guys that on our board our like team department board they put like super bowl stuff i brought that up maybe i don't think so do you well it says like chiefs versus taylor swift's team i'm sorry niners versus taylor swift's team i think i brought that up okay so i was like early in the week i'm like go niners you know hashtag faithful thinking it's going to start some stuff. So this ties into the story of the gray map that only Mm. people in Missouri and San Francisco care about the game. Cause to date, it still just says go Niners hashtag faithful. Somebody chimed in and said, what is football? I thought that was John, uh, but it wasn't, it was somebody named Kristen. And then uh, somebody else put, I'm just excited about the usher halftime show. (laughs) So it's like it's tough being a Niners fan in in Georgia in the Southeast, but it doesn't matter. It is what it is. Uh, but the the big game, you know, the Super Bowl guys, is is this Sunday. Do you uh do you guys think like that? That's an American thing, right? Because the NFL is an American sport, right? Primarily, they're trying to make it global. But where you where do you guys lie on Monday? Should be like a holiday, a national holiday. You know what I'm saying? Here? Definitely. Yeah, because it's like for the Super Bowl? Yeah. The day after the Super Bowl, it should be a national holiday. I think so, because it's like, was it about a hundred fifty million usually watch it here yeah. in this country? So you just think how many of those poor people are gonna wake up with headaches and have to go into the building? You know? Or yeah, I mean it just <laughs> so much revenue is generated on the game from the True. the game itself commercials and then and then in each everybody's community there's going to be houses uh that have you know people over finally you know like yeah. the old days the pre-covid days and and that's been going on for a while now but we buy food we buy drinks we have a good time it, it just it may not happen in your house but it happens a lot and more people than not are, are paying attention to that game i just think it'd be a really cool thing for the the monday after the super bowl would be like no work uh You're just john is against because- it because Huh? You're just saying it because you're expecting your team to win, and you're just going to go like no, no, ride no, in the no. street. <laughs> and we need there to was bail a time the Niners at one point were five and zero in the Super Bowl. I've, yep. I've said this before. They've lost the last two. 
so it sucks, and I don't want that to happen again. So I don't think they're I don't think they're going to win. I want them to win, and I think they can win. Uh, I've said this before, though. The Chiefs have a guy named uh, Patrick Mahomes who can single handedly will his team to win. So I think you know people like some people are just going. It's Patrick Mahomes; they'll win, right? On the other hand, I'm like, there's a reason why you guys are a two and a half favorite, and it's because you got a better roster than they do. So we'll see. No, we're not a two and a half point favorite. We're an underdog. You are. No, no, they're they're the dogs. They're no, I think you got that backwards. Mm-hmm. And go check it out again. When did you check it last? Like today when I was watching sports <laughs> shows and I have to there <laughs> one of the guys who I watch is like a huge Kansas City guy. So he's he made a whole entire thing about people disrespected Pat Mahomes. You know, oh, okay. That. So that's that's it's, how it's probably fine, and you're probably accurate. Yeah, uh, John, you had you had said you're kind of like, why would we have Monday off? Uh, do you plan on watching the game, or you think if you do, it'll just be something you kind of stumble across? I I have an I have a certain amount of ex- excitement and nostalgia mm-hmm. for the fact that the 49ers are in the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. but. I wish I wish to avoid the fair weather fandomness that could come my way should I start suddenly rooting for the 49ers again. That being said, I generally generally speaking never it's been 20 years at the at the at the least that I've cared about the NFL in any capacity. Okay, that's just fair. That's fair. Uh, I almost hit you with a bare naked ladies line when you said when you said it's been uh we do have some sad news in a minute john's gonna we feel like john is a spokesperson on this for obvious reasons uh but first uh we want to talk about uh i think john did you watch the grammys i was gonna say we all three did but i know me and chris did of course i didn't watch the Grammys. (laughs) hashtag music uh chris you want to you want to talk about the grammys and the things that kind of surprised you question yes what is a Swifty? <laughs> Me. I have to. Hi, it's re- it's it's ridiculous how many times I have to remind people, like, "Hey, man, she's all right. Leave her." Alone. I did. I did, did like. You see, did you see the hashtag that's trending? Uh-uh. Mm. Because they some people on on whatever is, is talking about like whatever social media you go to is is like criticizing Taylor Swift being chosen over. Za, Ja, Za. I don't know what I don't know what they call S Z A or something like that. Oh, SZA. Oh, SZA. Yeah, SZA. 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 And the the hashtag is people are upset. Not this isn't the hashtag, but people but to explain it, people are upset that she they feel they feel like she deserved it. And she the did. hashtag is what hashtag white mediocrity. Dang. That's harsh. interesting, isn't it? <laughs> that is, uh, yeah. I don't Let's, really have thoughts on that. I don't like we, weighing in on stupid cuss word stuff like that. I mean, we specialize in that on weekly game chat. We do, we do. So that that made me think the trend was about us. But. I'm not <sighs> surprised that's trending, especially after what Jay Z said Saturday or Sunday night. Um, and he's got a point. He's always had a point. They all have a point because it's ridiculous. But on the flip side of it, um, you know. Uh, as far as the show, you know, I usually lament about the Grammys. One thing I noticed was like, wow, this was really the year of like women artists because there was like almost no major it male, was. like th- for whatever reason, like, you know, like Bruno Mars was off this year and, 
Harry Styles, all those other popular young men and all that, they they were nowhere to be seen. It was like, nope, here's here's Taylor, here's Miley, here's SZA, right? You know, um, and look, Miley's performance was, I think, awesome. awesome. Yeah. The the uh, one thing that gets me about Miley though, you know, she has like really beautiful eyes, and they're like they're big, beautiful eyes, right? I'm not making fun of her; they're just gorgeous. But she always is. She looks, you know, some people. Don't just constantly look like with their eyes wide open at you. Yeah. Miley does that a lot in her performances, and it kind of takes me the, out of the performance. The thing I noticed with her when I was watching, I was like, man, she is ripped. Like, she is. She is. Dude, it was legit. Yeah. Like, was, there is no fat. <laughs> my, but um, my, one of my. Yeah. Like, surprisingly, the only male performance on there or like only male showed up that had a memorable thing was uh was was Luke Combs. Because yeah, he's performing awesome. with a woman. Uh, he was. I, yeah. It was which, so cool to see Tracy Chapman. Uh, first of all, he let her take the lead on the guitar. As he should. So, as he should. And and so, when that, you know, when that started yeah. and you're like, holy crap, that's Tracy Chapman. It's, uh, it's one cool of those moment. things like, yeah, hearing that song and seeing her do it again, like, you forget, like, for anyone who wasn't around in the, the late 80s to early 90s, like, that... Of all the singer-songwriter songs, like, to me, that's probably the biggest, like, I've ever seen someone just go from here to here instantly on one song that actually deserved it, right? It's just a yeah. very, very good song. Um, So that was cool. I know Sean probably didn't enjoy it, but for me, as someone who is uh, a steward, I would say, of, like, you know, growing up in the world of classic rock and folk and all that, to see Joni Mitchell finally actually get to appear at a Grammys and sing, especially after everything she's going gone on through like in you know, the last 10 years, having an aneurysm, like being this person who had been a voice of a generation, like reduced to not being able to sing and her to come back and do like one of her kind of most heralded songs was pretty, very powerful. I have to say, you know, just like, you're like, wow, I wish I could do that when I'm her age and have that kind of impact. So it was pretty cool to see that. Um, Dua Lipa was Dua Lipa. I don't know. SZA was SZA. Yeah. Mm. And I SZA, could have done without SZA, you too. <laughs> yeah. It, I, I got to say overall though, I haven't completely, I've tuned out and I think you, you agree to this. Uh, on most Grammys, I don't watch the whole thing and I think I watched the whole Grammys this year. Yeah. And like I said, it flowed well. Watching yeah. Jay-Z say what he said was probably my, like as a man who was up there and was like, I don't care. I'm gonna say what I feel right now. Well, I was like, this they is were awesome. giving him some like, some like achievement award, yeah. and he was like, you know what? Yeah. Uh, he was like, you know what? Cat Williams did his thing two weeks ago. What if I just went that level of just calling them out? And I was like, good for you. But yeah, um, for the most part, as someone who generally hates the Grammys, I have a problem with Taylor Swift winning. I do agree. This is probably should have won, but you know, that's the way it is. Taylor Swift. It, out of all it, the it, albums it's, it's that were listed. Za. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> out of all the albums, I was like, this could win for real, yeah. for real. Um, but yeah. listen, uh, I think one of the coolest things ever, and it was cool to watch live. So Taylor wins an award. I forget which one it is, but it's the first one she wins. I think it's uh and she goes, So by the way, I'm I think I'm ready to tell you guys now. And she yeah. lets out that she's got a new album coming out. So I go to social media and it was insane to watch because she said, When I go backstage, I'm posting. Mm-hmm. So you wait, you look, you hit refresh, you see her post it, you see the likes go from like 
200, 2,000, 65,000, <laughs> 100,000. And you're just like, holy crap. Right. Like just it, driving it's, I can't imagine that that power in social media. It would be insane. Like imagine if Weekly Games Chat <laughs> retweeted something and it got five likes. <laughs> Elon was watching and just going like, how can we put on that, an ad on this right now? We need an ad exactly. right now. <laughs> um, it's so crazy. But hey, it, it ended up being a pretty entertaining night. And I want to tip my hat to Trevor Noah. I thought he was amazing as a host. Yeah. He's like, he, they he replaced had, him a couple of years with what well, used to be yellow. Cool. Jay. And then like, he's yeah. done like the last three years and he's just perfect for that show. It's, it, it's like he has enough respect for the artist mm-hmm. to have fun and tell jokes, but also respect the art. So I thought it was cool. Uh, speaking of respect, we have we have to pay respect. Uh, this one hit home for the show, uh, for obvious reasons. What we're about to talk about, and so I'm going to just kind of cut my mic and let John uh, give proper respect to losing Apollo Creed. Um, before I before I send before I start talking respectfully, did anybody's did it, did Miley Cyrus's hair remind anybody of their mother from 1985? She really, I was like, man, she's really been in a in a Dolly phase here. <laughs> well, um, Carl Weathers, um, one of the most epic biceps in cinema history, um, passed away Friday at the age of 76. And what and what is hitting home right now? is what back in October um Burt Young passed away who who played the role of Pauly so these these film icons that I that I love so much they're they're just kind of passing away and I hope it slows down for now I hope the next person to die in the Rocky franchise is the meat from Rocky I hope that's the one that's next to die but uh, Carl Weathers was, uh, as in, as everyone knows, his most famous role is the role of Apollo Creed in the in the Rocky franchise. And Stallone tells a story about uh, Carl Weathers' audition when he comes in, when he came into audition for the role of Apollo Creed. Um, he comes in, and, and Carl Weathers pretty much, if he'd done this in any other, in any other um, audition it would have it would have blown the audition so he's 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 running lines with sly and he kind of he, he's kind of he do he's doing the persona of apollo as best he can but he feels like it's not really going his way and he says to john avildsen the director he says you know i i think i could do a lot better if i was working with an actor hmm. um because you know sly was a relative unknown at the time no one knew who he was so Carl Weathers came into that that audition process not knowing that he was running lines with the star of the film. And the moment he said that to Sly, Sly loved him immediately. He said this this kind of attitude, this kind of this kind of bravado is what I'm looking for for the role of Apollo Creed. And if you you know, you look at Apollo Creed and and in some ways what they were looking for was sort of a not a direct cliche or a copy of Muhammad Ali, but somebody that could remind you of that character. And, yeah. you know, m- some people don't know this. Um, you know, he got, he got the idea of this. I, he got this idea. Sly did 
by watching, I don't remember the fighter, but there was this, this fighter who never really had much of a successful career. He had a long career, but not uh-huh. a successful career. Um, I could tell you any other day, but he went 15 rounds with Muhammad Ali. Nobody went 15 rounds with Chuck Muhammad, something, Muhammad Ali. Chuck something, right? Chuck, Chuck Wepner. Chuck yeah. Wepner. That was the name of the boxer. But, um, you know, Carl Weathers and, and Stallone has acknowledged this many times, and most recently on Friday, he owes, he, he owes his, his success to the believability and the, and, the, and, the, and the style that he brought to that role. That, that movie would have fallen flat had it not been for Carl Weathers' performance. I mean, plenty, I mean, don't get me wrong. Every single person in that movie brought a, a higher level of performances because they understood that there was a lot riding on this. But you know, if people, you know, if people are wondering if I'm actually a true fan, I've got my Carl Weathers Apollo Creed pop here, right there. Mm. I got uh, a Apollo Creed action figure. That's that's <laughs> right, nice, dude. Right there. Uh, and a couple of other ones upstairs. I mean, it's just, this I, is... I can vouch for this because I was there when John was buying Rocky action figures. He was like, look, <laughs> it's the meat on a hook. I was That's like, so funny. Yeah, I should have, I should have, um, yeah. In in a, in a package just like this, there's there's literally just a hunk of meat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's all it is. It's like, And it's course. an action figure. It's the meat. <laughs> you know, so yeah, it's... Uh, it's it's a it's a tough loss. I posted on Friday. I'm gonna need a minute. Yeah, um, uh, John, I, I was gonna read what some were saying his top five performances are and see if you would change the ranking. Uh, so number five comes in at himself, Carl Weathers on the show Arrested Development. Oh God, I love that performance. Number four, Grief Karga, of course, on The Mandalorian. I think eventually that would have been a little higher, but it would have been tough to pass these next three. Number three is Chubbs Peterson from Happy Gilmore. That was an iconic role. Uh, of course, this one, some people may forget about, Al Dillian on Predator. You Dillian, son of a... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, number one, obviously, what you just talked about, Apollo Creed from the Rocky franchise. I mean, that's, so. that's, that's, you know, that's a great list, I guess. I would, take, I would take the Happy Gilmore role and the Predator role and flip those. Chubbs um, is legit. I have to right? say the the thing that <laughs> like makes off. you <laughs> the one thing I, I will say you never know what's going to get you sometimes like emotionally. And on TikTok, it popped up the scene you know from Happy Gilmore where he's in heaven and he starts singing "We've Only Just Begun." And I was just like, "Oh God, why is this hitting?" <laughs> Feels, <laughs> right now. Feelings. I don't know what to do. Uh. Yeah. Hey, he's he's up there with the alligator. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Epi, got my hand back. Chris, I I need to warn you about something. John, you may be there with me. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's age, being a father. I don't know if I because of the grief I've had in my life. I have become such a crier at things. Like it's it's from hanging around me. Heavy. I, it used to just be if I. The father daughter dances when I DJ weddings, hmm. I, I I lose it. I'm crying worse than the dad because I'm thinking about Tinley. But just about just I don't know, dude. Something's happened where I'm a cry baby, and I'm okay with it. I think I think nothing wrong with that. But nothing wrong with that. 
speaking of nothing wrong, that's not a pivot at all. But yeah, if you think uh, Carl Weathers a 70. I guess I'm not here. <laughs> Try again. Try again. <laughs> you are. Yeah. Uh, so Carl Weathers was 76. Stallone is 77. Schwarzenegger 76. Ugh. So, yeah, man. I'm starting to feel like ugh, we we have to really appreciate the time we have left with these icons. Bruce Willis, I mean, any, yeah. I mean, yeah. You're, unfortunately, yeah. any day I now, know firsthand. I, don't know. I know firsthand what what Bruce Willis has does to a person and a family. Mm-hmm. It's not fun. So, yeah. true. With that, we will now pivot. I'm actually going to be pretty lame this week on what we're playing. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It's the time of the show where we tell you what we're playing. Let's see if we're trending, if we're playing new stuff, if we're kicking it back with some old games. Who knows what we're doing? Uh, but I'll tell you what, in just a minute, you'll know because we're about to tell you. Let's kick it off this week with Chris. I think, uh, <laughs> yeah, let's do that, Chris. I love the chuckle. You go first, buddy. Ricky Henderson, lead off home run. Let's go. Oh, man. Um, so... I've got Persona 3 that I've dabbled a little bit in, but I'm not ready to talk about <laughs> because Friday and it, Mike gave me a pass on this. He said it wasn't FOMO because I played all the other ones. I finally gave in to my better instincts. Does John know this? Yeah, I told him yesterday. Okay, okay. Uh, and I I did purchase and and play and beat Suicide Squad Kill the justice league isn't that crazy right um i would like to say i wish that i could say i disagree with the critics on this but you know just because i was rooting for rock city i wanted to be wrong um but i just no matter what it, it just does not feel like this this in any way I can like really look at like outside of a few minor things can say this really hit it for me, right? Like, you know, and I, I will say, like, John, I think you would agree with this. Like, I don't think this is a game that Rocksteady fans, fans who were uh, of you know, those Arkham games. Uh oh, John can't hear us, I guess. I'm guessing. No, no, no I can I can hear oh. you. I just my my Everything else with my PC is freezing up. I don't know. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, Pan- well, you know, like, I just don't think like anyone who played the Arkham games, first off, like when you're looking at this, this is what they want from Rocksteady, right? Like, I think if you had said, hey, you know, like John talked about, like make a Superman game, go make a Justice League game that is like truly a Justice League game. Heck, make a Suicide Squad game where you're playing as the Suicide Squad in it feels like you're playing as a suicide squad. I think that's what they would have been much more inclined for than what they got, which was truly, I mean, it is this, it is a third person looter shooter that is designed in many ways to be long-term a live service game. And 
you need to make peace with that pretty quickly because it's not much more than that. Like, sure, there are little nods to the characters in this game as far as who they actually are. Like, you know, Harley Quinn's got her bat and, um, you know, really Deathstroke's probably the one that's actually most like the characters. And sure, Captain Boomerang has some boomerangs, but it is not what those characters are if you've read the comics, right? King Shark isn't just going around pounding people and biting their heads off or whatever. Uh, you know, Harley Quinn is now all of a sudden pulling out bazooka to go with like her knives and everything and stuff like that. And Captain Boomerang doesn't have some like assortment of various types of boomerangs that do 50 different things, kind of like how Batman has uh, with his batarangs, right? Uh, so you have to be okay with that. The big thing though, um, that I, I quickly realized. I don't know if you guys remember this, uh, and they've talked about it. They confirmed this. Uh, the main reason this game got delayed to this point this year was that they had a gear score in the game. Kind of like, you know, think of like Division, right? And the whole entire idea was you're going to have your gear score, and then, like, you have to get to a certain level to get to the next mission. All that got ripped out. And as a result, you're left with this game where... On one hand, you can beat it very quickly, right? You can beat it within a weekend. But on the flip side of it, the biggest problem here is that you had all these side quests that were specifically, you could tell, designed around the idea of there being a gear score. And because they're in there, none of them are necessary. Like, you don't need, like, there's a whole entire thing of side missions of get, gathering mats to be able to craft guns, right? You don't need to do that because like literally, I mean, the shotgun I got after the first mission, I stuck with all the way till the final one. There was no reason to change it out. It was perfectly fine. It did plenty of damage, things like that. Um, there are like augmentations you can unlock by doing the missions. You don't really see a difference in those to a point where you care. Um, you... <laughs> You have missions that are designed to give you tons of crafting resource. Those don't matter. You have ones that are designed to level your character up faster. Honestly, they're just minor stat boosts. Um, they're not really, you don't feel like you're kind of building a unique tree or character or anything like that. And as such, it just feels like this very dull, uninteresting looter shooter compared to say something like borderlands, which is kind of like, in my opinion, the King of it, or even if you were going more to the live service stuff, something like division, right? Like division, you could make some pretty clear cut builds based on what you want to do in those games. And I think if it had been something like that, even if it wasn't a superhero game necessarily, you could say, Hey, maybe there would be something here, but you couple that in, a lot of these missions, they kind of just feel whether they're side or main, they feel repetitive. It kind of goes into either just everything devolves down into beating up purple things. And there's not really that much enemy variety. Most of it is either just beating up enemies, guard a thing from the enemies, uh, saving people from enemies or escorting a bus through enemies. Like that is literally 99% emissions in this game is one of those four things to some extent. And it gets old real freaking quick. Like, you know, it's just, well, it's, if, it's I mean, not good news for you though. You said you beat it. So 
Yeah. It didn't, it did have to, you, you said mean, you beat it fast. Yeah. It was, it, it took about 10 hours to go through there. Um, the boss fights also are kind of a pain. I did it by myself. I didn't do any multiplayer with this, right? Yeah. We noticed. We noticed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, noticed. And that's, and that's a problem. Your whole, your whole experience could have changed if we would have played with you. But maybe. Um, maybe. I mean, like the boss fights were a pain because like you have to do things to kind of bring down these people to where you can do damage in your CPU teammates. So they, they just sit there in those fights. They don't do anything. So their AI system. is terrible. Yeah. They're just, they're just, they're there and you know, things go on and you're like, Oh, but I, I do want to give a few shouts. There are a few things that deserve credit in this one, the facial animations, right? Especially on the core. <laughs> Like, like, I don't mean he, to laugh, but like, yeah, when you got to call out the facial animations, you're like, no, I mean, the game sucks. The faces are fantastic. Look, this, like, I have to say, like, it's really weird seeing John who played Gotham Knights and knowing this is like this, that's built off the same engine and the technical problems it had, right? Because technically, this game is pretty sound. Like, it run, ran like a hard 60 with ray tracing for me oh, on PC. Hard 60. What? Um, and, like I said, like okay. seeing those cut scenes where they actually come in, they show the facial animations and stuff like that. It, it's like a quality of cutscene that's on par with, I would say like naughty dog. Like, I don't say that lightly that there's like one scene, especially with Harley where like it's raining and you can see the emotion in those eyes as she's doing the things she's doing. Right. Yeah. And I was like that, this is really good. And I mean, it's really powerful. So there there's stuff here. Like there's a little bit parts of the DNA, especially with the story in the beginning and the setup and like the way the, the the evil versions of the justice league and all that work that I think are solid and could have been something that was really good. Like you could see the core DNA of what Rocksteady does. Well, like even to a point of like Kevin Conroy as evil Batman, Oh. is is as frightening as you would think it would be like john you remember Whoa. back in spoilers yeah you remember back in the day like um it is a spoiler isn't it no when you oh. would like jump around and you would have the the <laughs> little gel you would spray like you mm -hmm. have a part early you know, in the morning game, when you were getting ready for work <laughs> you have a part early on where you're like in the dark and batman's kind of hunting you right and all of a sudden you like turn you see that spray on the wall and you're like oh you know exactly what's about to happen to you, you know? <laughs> and you're like, that's kind of cool. So yeah, that is a question side. I got, you know, is it cool? Like, cause you're, I think the premise of the game is you're trying to go find the justice league, but are yeah. they also actively trying to find you? No. Well, see, that's the funny part of it is like, and, and it makes sense. Like, again, they, they nailed this part of it. The justice league in a way, see them almost like as ants. Like, right, they, like this they, is no problem. Like they, they don't see them right. as a threat, you know, like, we have Superman. We have the Green Lantern, the Flash. <laughs> right. You know, right. Um, you know, and so for the most part, it's like that part is good. Like seeing like Green Lantern kind of turns into a jerk cop in a way is the way he is, how he's been corrupted. Flash is just kind of that same arrogant cockiness that you expect from Flash, right? Like kind of in the way of a, a Spider-Man making jokes and all that. But here he's being a jerk while he's doing horrific things. Um, and Batman is just like kind of talking about how you're 
you're nothing and you're not going to do this because he knows what you are already. So, um, you know, and even like something like they use Superman, right? Right. Like Superman is this thing that you don't see much in the game. He's not there much. So when he shows up, it, it's what it should be, right? Like, which is, oh God, God is here. Oh no, God is here and God is evil. Oh God. You know, <laughs> like, so those moments I think do work really well in, um, the performances from a lot of the actors. Like I think outside of the guy who played captain boomerang, he's about the only one I found kind of cringe. Didn't really enjoy some of the things that they did with him. Uh, but like, you know, again, Tara strong as always as Harley Quinn is awesome. Uh, the guy who they have as King shark is spot on. Uh, and, uh, Deborah Wilson, who Sean, you know, from, um, the Jedi games, you do the jet, your, your mentor in the game, bald head. Oh yeah. I know her. She plays Amanda Waller in this and she nails it. Um, so, you know, like there are good performances here. There is something that could have been a fun experience from a story standpoint. I think, um, in the end though, like. Brainiac is probably wasted and honestly his fight is literally a reskin of an earlier boss fight. So that was pretty disappointing when I got to that, <laughs> but you know, it's just, it, it, it just feels like, I don't know. It feels like there are things that I'm like, yes, if they had just been able to make a rock steady single player game, that was 15 to, or not even single player, but like an offline you know, non live service game, right. Where it was, here's a 15 to 20 hour experience and you're going to play as the suicide squad and do this impossible task to kill the justice league. And we're going to make it feel like those characters and it's not going to be about gear or anything else. I think it could be a really interesting game or a much better game than what it ended up being as, as this though, it just feels like something that was made to capture a moment that probably passed them by the time the game was ready. And I just, I mean, the more I look at it, I'm like, I'm telling myself, there's no way this game is going to be around two years. If Avengers couldn't make it two years, I will be amazed. Even if this game is around any year with active servers. And that's what makes me sad. Cause I'm just, I don't know. I don't know where they're going after this, right? Like if, if they're going to shutter the studio just because of how much it costs and, and the fact that Gotham Knights didn't do that great for them either. Mm. Um, I, yeah, like mm. it did hey, you well. watch your mouth. Gotham I'm talking about sales, well. sales. And I'm that. talking about sales. It did very well. Okay. We're talking about practice. I, I think WB is, I, I outside of what WBD, which I think got lucky with, with Hogwarts <laughs> WB is in a place where I worry very, very much about their series, including the ones that do uh Lord of the Rings too. Cause it's been forever since we've heard from, from them as far as the shadow Mordor people. So, and it feels like a lot of the people shadow from Rocksteady have now left, but um, I did finish it. So I will give it a Richard. Um, I'm going to go to Jeff territory here. <laughs> on this I, I never thought this would happen but um yeah for me it's a it's a six out of ten it's really hard to recommend like i, I wish i could oh and nolan north is superman 
John. I didn't know that until I got in the game. I was like, that's a good choice. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I'm not going to play that pile of trash game. So I can't, <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't get by. I do have a friend who is excited to play it every day. Yeah. Um, so Who's that? Jeff's brother. Yeah. Not you. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i'll go next john uh to tell you what i i really had a busy weekend y'all a busy week uh i had a really cool gig on friday the day that justice league came out so thank god i didn't go buy that that game uh but it was a very exclusive gig i'm thinking about posting the picture of what i had to wear which was a shiny vest think like las vegas shiny uh vest with a bow tie your boy was rocking but it was a very exclusive event and i had a great time spending the tunes of you know the rat pack and things like that because that was very it was very glamorous and ritzy Uh, and then and then saturday i had my first it hit me my first ever gig near the like i went to woodstock so that's past atlanta no woodstock's in new york true uh, it wasn't the farthest gig that I've had. I actually have DJed in Florida, Ooh. pulled my trailer down there, so that was fun. But this was fun. So I'm getting all that to say. Leading up to this, I had to get ready for those gigs, and then I had those gigs. So uh, what I really played this week was a gem of a game Ooh. called Walkabout Mini Golf in VR. Uh, and I thought, Sean, when you bring this up, why are you gonna think of something new? to tell the people why this game is so addictive. And uh, just real quick, one of the great things about this game is each, I've said this before, but I just want to remind you that they have so many courses to choose from and they have two uh, difficulties. When you, when you first play the course, it's on just normal mode. And in the normal mode, your goal is to find uh, different golf balls they have hidden. And each, each course has, I think like, one per hole. So let's say there's, uh, this is quick math. They have more than this, but let's say there's 10 courses. So you have a chance to get 180 different balls. And we all know how fun that is when you go to like your local putt-putt. Um, our putt-putt was really cool at this place called the Hollywood Connection. It was called Caddy Shack Golf. I that was remember. fun. But you could pick the color ball you want and, the, and what kind of uh, putter you want. That leads me to the second thing that we chase and we kind of go after. And uh, it's the game offers this like story driven narrative. Each level is themed. So the story is themed to the level on hard mode where you have to find each clue. And eventually, as you complete the story, you unlock a new putter that's themed towards the course you're on. So in addition to like the trophies that are tied to the game on PlayStation VR and the fun you're having with friends, that is so fun. And it's got a replayability that's like epic. Uh, can, like I said, huh? Could we play like if I got it on MagQuest 3, yes. can I play with you? That is something that I don't know that I've said a lot of. It is cross play. So absolutely. If you download it on MetaQuest. And you never want. And I have it on. Well, P- I mean, yeah. you never. Like, literally, you never go, hey, why don't you go download this game and play with me? I actually, this is going to sound like I'm capping, but I'm not. I forgot that you had a MetaQuest. You do. Right now, I know for sure you have it. 
I actually forgot that, you, and you even got the new fancy headset uh, to make it super comfy and everything. So I'm gonna spray paint actually, it black so that uh, I look like I'm in oh, that would, Splinter Cell. That would be actually that would be ba if you did that, honestly. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of what I, I I wanted to finish Final Fantasy VII. I know that's kind of been ongoing with me, and I got I got a little time left before the new one comes out. Uh, Chris, the last time we talked, said I'm really close. Like I'm in the final part of the game. You basically. need to finish it actually right now because, um, and I don't think it made the news, but you know, like there was an event today, right? Yes. And yes. there was a leak earlier in the day because yes. of the event. So yes, you really yes. need to finish it. <laughs> I need to tighten that up, get it all over with. Uh, you know, in a way, and I've already kind of been spoiled. If you yeah. just look at the cover art of the new game, there are characters that I don't know if they live or die <laughs> in my current game that are on the cover of the new game. That could mean anything I know, but that's kind of what I'm shooting for. And I, I want to give an invite. If you have any interest uh, or any questions, any questions about, you know, walkabout, let me know, man, because I really want to promote that game. They actually, I didn't know this, dude. They have a merch store now. So I think that would be super dope to get some walkabout mini golf swag. And I also found out this, Chris, hmm. if your level of, of excitement reaches mine on walkabout mini golf virtually, they've, a, they've developed uh, this third party uh, place has kind of developed attachments for your VR controller. So you basically, you know how you hold the controller and then you would putt, right? Imagine hooking that to the bottom of a, like a putter handle. Okay. Gotcha. Like, so like one that is at the top of the handle for the one hand and then one at the bottom for the, you don't even need two. You just, in this game, you use one. So you just put the, Hmm. at the bottom of the putter. And now you have a putter you can put because it's going to pick up the, the controller moving. Okay. Those things look awesome. They run about 40 bucks. Um, they constantly go out of stock. But I think that would be super Sounds like a awesome. Good idea. Um also I just got a text from Mike. He's reminding me that the Final Fantasy event is going on right now. Yeah, literally. It just started five minutes ago. <laughs> That's I gotta go, guys. I gotta go check that out. But uh yeah. If you haven't if you haven't got it yet and you have a VR, man, it is a cheap game that'll give you amazing replayability and continues to give you content like it already gave me a new course this year. There's already more courses planned and it is a it is hey guys, I don't mean to have language, but it is a hoot to play with your friends in this. Would you say it's a hoot and nanny? It's a hoot and nanny. We're going to take we're going to kick it up a notch. It's it's a good good time. So uh, also with the with that, I did want to say. Oh, I got another text from a friend. Uh, I did want to remind. This is me admitting something, so I have accountability. Uh, I still have to mail T-shirts. I haven't forgot about that. I've just been a busy bee. But there will be a surprise. Now I'm putting this on record. They're going to be a surprise in in your package as well. So enjoy. And with that, I shall back up. And let John have the spotlight to let us know uh, what he kind of was playing as he was thinking he'd be going out of town. Let's see what this is. Yeah, I did sort of relax my trigger finger when it came to purchasing anything new. Um, I think I'm still going to get Suicide Squad. Interestingly enough, 
and we can many of us at any given time can say these these things aren't uh, bits of relevant information but uh it hit number 1 on the UK sales charts um oddly enough and I look I didn't expect to see this what's going on man got to read this first this is a a classic Alejandro comment it says John will like Suicide Squad because it features Superman's arch nemesis General Za, <laughs> and it's spelled like SZA. <laughs> that was pretty good. That is classic. But I didn't mean to, John. If I laugh when you're talking, you always get distracted. So I at least wanted to let you know what I was laughing at. Cool. So, uh, and and for some reason, and I generally, I generally take this stuff into account. Mm-hmm. Um, Steam reviews is classified as very positive. Yeah. I'm not sure what to make of that. I um my thinking is some some people will downplay it, some people will upplay it. I don't know what, you know, it is what it is. Um <sighs> but you know, I, I one of the things I'll say this briefly about Suicide Squad. One of the things I wish people would stop doing, one of the things I wish developers would stop doing is when you get an immediate reaction from the internet like the first time you unveiled this game. And I remember where I was when they unveiled it. Mm-hmm. They 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 panicked and they changed course. Like you were talking about the fact that there, there's no gear scores. Yeah. And lamenting the fact that this is not built like what you would expect from a live service game. Well, it's because the developer developer panicked and backed off. They should have stuck to their guns. Now they've set themselves up for being criticized for doing and reacting to the gaming community, whether it be the press, the fans, whatever saying why is this what it is and then it comes out and like well where is this I'm like well you didn't like it <laughs> so we took it out <laughs> it is weird not to say not to say that there's not a hundred different things that you can say about this game that aren't perfect i'm just yeah it's it's weird to your point because it's like on one hand you're uh, you're right as i said it breaks the game right as far as the side quest but on the other hand i'm like I don't know if I would have finished this game if I had had to sit there and grind tons of these side quests over and over again to uh, to get my gear score up to beat it, right? So I, I don't know if I should be thankful or not <laughs> in that sense. I just know it breaks it. Yeah, so so what I'm what I'm continuing uh, is my God of War Ragnarok journey. Um, it's good. I will say that um, there are the, the game. Uh, I'm having a weird time with these types of games right now. I can't really. I, I this game has got some highs and some lows, some highs and some lows, and it's got, and it basically has this talk about repetitive. It's got like this formulaic thing where you go, go to an area, fight a bunch of enemies, solve a puzzle, get in the boat, move on. And it's sort of running that, it's really running that gameplay loop right now. And I, and it's just, I don't know. I'm just, I'm really, I'm really aware of it. And there are, and there are highs and lows with this game because there are highs where the story is really grabbing me. And I'm like, what's, what, what, ooh, ooh, this is like deep. This is, I'm feeling the emotions of this scene. And then, I mean, how, it's been two years, right? I mean, how spoilery can I be? Would you guys prefer I just not do it? I don't. 
I mean, I'm, I'm now, I'm now here, here, here you go. Here. How about this? Uh, hey, got ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening, there you go. Spoilers. Yeah. Give it Spoilers! like a minute. Give him like about a minute here. Spoilers. And- so there's this pivotal character that they introduced in the trailers for the game. And quite frankly, and I'm not qu- commenting on this at all, but it was a character that I won't spoil, but if you remember, was controversial because of a certain pigmentation of her skin. I don't care either way, whatever. So we good. We, we have this. Trying to really, remember. guys? No? Yeah. Nothing? Nothing? I just don't see Norse color. mythology, and all of a sudden there's this person of color in the game which doesn't necessarily make sense in north mythology i don't care not a problem for me but just the internet kind of went ballistic. oh okay yeah the one in the area that you go to right yeah, yeah with so uh, yeah and that's yeah. kind of i I've, i spent i spent a, a, over an hour in this sequence of this game where i'm with this person riding mm-hmm. a yak running around the world picking up fruit and twisting roots off trees hey man that's a good yak and sequence. i'm like and this is and look, I'm gonna I'm 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 not being biased here. It's the same. You can go check the tape. It's the same criticism I lobbed towards Spider-Man too. Mm-hmm. I just don't understand this mentality that Sony has, where they're just they just have to say, they have to give you this walking simulator, and you're gonna like it. And it's like it's it's like can't you just give me a cutscene to give me all this information? Why do I have to get on a yak, and collect fruit and do all this weird mundane stuff. It was like a mini game and I felt like I was stuck for an hour and it was just, it, you should it was probably just, just like, you should probably just stop playing. Well, uh, I know, I know Sean's in his feels right now and I'm no, sorry. Cause I, cause I, I think what I was going to ask you as a joke, are you, do you have headphones on or do you hear the dialogue that's going on or, uh, that stuff always, it's called a, it's called a cut scene and I just yeah. prefer that. Well, really you say would. that you're saying you wish like he, gone there and maybe instead of it being like a 20 minute experience like it had been maybe it was a, an hour experience yeah it was an hour experience i'm well, like when am i gonna run. wake up <laughs> it's just I did, like i mean i will say the, i did enjoy that uh, one part because in that the, the part where you go do the um the giant yeah i was about to say yeah. the payoff mm-hmm. was a fun boss fight yeah but it took an hour to get there and it was just sort of maybe you should have picked fruit faster. It was just this it was just this <laughs> level of mundanity that I experienced in Spider-Man 2. I yeah. experienced it there. I'm like I'm walking around the I'm walking around the You're talking about the um, MJ part there, right? I, no, I'm work I'm 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 walking around um what's his name? What's the kid? Oh, you're talking the, about Miles uh, with um no, no, no. Really? I'm talking well that too. That okay. too. Mm. But a, the biggest example is Peter walking around the new business that they've started. Gotcha. And gotcha. you're doing all this stuff. You're checking all these you're helping people. And I'm like, God, just give me a cutscene. And I just I just don't understand Sony's methodology here. This its philosophy of give them it, it's like it's like fetch quests on steroids. Yeah, and, it's or, just, it, 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 and it's just kind of like I, I didn't enjoy the sequence and it really sort of took me out of the enjoyment and it was building and it was building and it was building. And then I get sure. stuck in this 
in this endless loop of of fruit picking and root picking and i'm like can we stop this so you're saying like to me it sounds like you're saying like with both these things i would say like you you don't like it like when they give you an extended interactive immersion right like because that's kind of what they're going for with these like hey immersion look, yeah like look, i think it's a far cry I'm, from immersion it takes well, I mean, you out of the immersion i'm saying like immersion in the sense of like you're in the world like care here's some stuff to relate to to care about it or whatever that you know like that seems like they're going with these things like for instance like to your point like they do it with miles i think in miles morales right where or maybe it is spider-man too whichever one it is with like the jazz museum right and going around mm-hmm. and walking around and mm-hmm. seeing all the thing it's like oh look like Here's all this immersion as far as like he's part of Harlem. Here's Harlem history. Here's this. Here's that. But at the same time, it is like there's nothing going on here. There's nothing exciting. There's no real gameplay. There's no, we're not driving the story forward from a standpoint of Miles Morales as Spider Man, right? Like that's the, that would be the criticism, I guess you could say to your point. Yeah. It, it just take it just takes me out of the immersion of the game. <laughs> And maybe the goal, look, I acknowledge that maybe the goal is to immerse you. I just, I want to play a game. I want some kinetic action. I, I, you know, I, I want to, I want to get, give me, I I guess I'm just more minimalist in my approach to this. It just, it comes off as very pretentious in a way. It's like you're being, and, and that's, that's sort of where I've left the game. Sure. Maybe, um, let's see. So. I am now okay. So I am now in a more active part of the game where I'm with um, I'm with Freya, and I'm working with Freya to to Raising help her get to the point to where she can escape Midgard because gotcha. you know Odin has confined her there. Mm-hmm. And you know it's an interesting narrative that's going along with them. They're talking about each other's pain and how you know Kratos has had pain too. And there's and she's starting to humanize Kratos again. So that's I mean that's that's sort of an interesting element to it. But I don't know. It's just I'm really waiting for the big O F moment. And I and I've been told that it's coming. And I it and, is. But it's but it's just really. It's it's just oh no man, we can't say when anything. When he gets to it, even yeah. when he gets to it, he's gonna be like, "This was stupid. I don't know why they did it. Sony's pretentious." <laughs> I don't know. I went back and I replayed, so it's one of those things for me where it's 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 like, how did I not? It, it was more of like my thought. Now I'm like, how did I not? You know, without saying much more. Um. I'm interested to see when he gets there because I didn't no, see no, it. Listen, I didn't guys, see listen, it. I think the I, I've always thought that the purpose of how we've done the new format mm-hmm. is tell you about the experiences they're going through playing a game in the moment. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, only absolutely. talking to you. Oh, about, yeah. I'm not. Get, I'm not telling you that this game is not going to be a ten by the end of it. That's I'm true. Not no, no, that. I know. Yeah, fair. Yeah, any. Yeah, I compl- like I complained about the mundanity of these sequences in Spider-Man Two, and it was in my top five. So I, I want. I, I just want to put. I want to put that caveat there that it's just a it's just an aspect of storytelling in gaming that you don't it like seems that, 
that seems like Sony is really perpetuating that I just don't get. I don't resonate with it. And I will I say, I just in your defense, I would say this, like you'd be consistent on it because like, that's why you didn't like Firewatch, right? Like it, it's <laughs> been that kind of stuff. Please don't bring like, up through Firewatch. The years. I'm saying like, Jesus. I don't think no, you I didn't, enjoyed no, that No, 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 no. <laughs> I didn't like Firewatch because it was manipulative. <laughs> See? See, see. <laughs> Firewatch, Firewatch presented itself as that. I knew sure. it. What I knew what it was, but when I'm playing an action game, I I want to. I want action. You don't want. You don't want the quiet. Sony is not going to rest until it gets an Academy Award for Best Picture for a video game. It's like, I okay, human drama. You're not the movies. You're a video game, and I just wish we would accept the fact. That we were video, we're video games. We're not play movies. Nintendo games, John. Metro Prime remastered, you know. Metro oh, Prime Four when it comes videos. out. Sean no, I'm really not. I had taken I'm, a, I, I don't I'm know. not in my. I'm not in my feels. No, it, I'm with. I'm with what's on my mind for real. It's it's how different we are because I I like loved the mundane parts of the game because it let me it let me catch my breath from the action of the game, which I, I thought was needed, but. That's all. That's it, man. I'm not in my feelings. The one for me that like sold me on those kind of moments and games was I think of the difference between Modern Warfare One and Modern Warfare Warfare Two, and I Ma- think like uh, it's Ma- one of those Ma- things Ma- like Modern Warfare, yeah, Modern Warfare. But like I think it's one of those things like it's easy forgotten. Like everyone in those things, they think of action, right? And action, action. I just want to go, want to go to the next thing, and I think. Modern Warfare 1 does a great job of like kind of having parts where a big event happens and then you breathe. And then out of nowhere, we start building up to a next big event, right? Versus when we went to Modern Warfare 2, and this is kind of where the series went afterwards with a lot of its campaigns. It's just click. We're going from one thing to the next and to the next. And it, to me, it kind of felt like when that happened, a lot of those moments, like they don't feel as epic. Like, Sean, you, you'll appreciate this like i'm thinking specifically like me and you doing the the sniper mission from the first modern warfare game and like me and sean going for 20 minutes without really much happening as we're crawling through this level and then all of a sudden it's on like and it feels so heightened versus like the second game where it's like well now we're in space and things are blown up that's interesting um, you know, I think like a lot of these things, like Sony seems to be going for that. Like they want to say like, okay, you've had this big Epic thing. Quiet down now. You know, let's just have like an intimate moment where you can remember these people are characters. Hey, you want to have an intimate moment with me, John? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Platinum Morgan said, Chris agreed with Jay-Z and John doesn't care for storytelling this might not be the podcast for me That's yeah john fun. was like peace out girl peace Scout. out yeah <laughs> no, john i feel you and i know that about you man you you're very uh you if you if you point out something you dislike about it yeah you're not afraid to still say you like the game and it ends up on a list and i, I respect the cuss word out of that about you i my face and everything like i said a minute ago is just more like bruh how did i this game, I would have got got like I, I platinum this game. I couldn't get enough of it. Though I'm uh, hearing John say those things, I'm not surprised. Like I think you're consistent to your to your point. Like these are things that you generally have issues with. <laughs> I, I I don't remember the original. I say original. The 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 
the the the original reboot God of War did did this. I, I don't recall it doing. What I'm what I mean by I, I, look, I, I'm not talking about storytelling. I'm not mm. talking about story. I, I look, feel yeah. Everybody everybody knows and loves the moment where Ellie and and uh, and Joel sh- walk up on those giraffes. But that's that's a brief moment in time that is that is incorporated into the gameplay in a very unique way. And I just I don't know. I, I don't I don't remember the first God of War being like this mm. in in that sense. It's just really it really wants you to know how good you are at storytelling. And you know, fine. Uh, sometimes uh, sometimes I think you can overdo it. Sometimes I just think they need to to play it to to pull it back. And well, you can tell a story as long as you're incorporating really solid gameplay into it. But picking up a root ain't it, man. <laughs> well, this just came in. There was a tweet with Neil Druckmann and his arms around Corey Balrog, and, the, and it says hashtag besties. I don't know mm-hmm. what that means. We're in for it. Storytelling. I miss life. David Jaffe. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I yeah. There are going to be some epic moments, and I think when you get to it, if you keep you know kind of going through it, I think you'll like it. It it still is. It is still is ba. Are you, I mean, kid, are you kidding? Kratos. I, I could tell you this. Rolling up on tear for the first time, dude. Dude, right? Loved right. That moment, right? But then he sounded like a first tenor in in a in a <laughs> band. And I'm like, you don't sound scary at all. <laughs> but, it's like, in, but it's like, but look, I was saying last week, I love the I love the character choices of all these characters coming up and not being what you expect. These ideas you have of exactly Tyr not being the like not carrying the same voice you would think he would have, and Thor looking more like Wait, Chris the worst Hemsworth. of the game, yeah, <laughs> looking more like Chris Hemsworth as opposed to what he looks like in this game. So I'm I'm loving that concept of you know expectations being you know overturned. I'm just talking about a moment in the game. That's it. Yeah, everybody. But that moment the- really. Didn't like you said, just didn't resonate with you. Hey, I feel I, with I you, would John. Have, I would have been good with it if it I was need to 20, watch the video of that moment, minutes. John. I feel you because I get it all the time. Of I talk about parts of games where I'm like, ah, this is off putting here, but I still think it's amazing. Like, I could sit there and be like, you don't I come don't off want... as saying it's still amazing after you off put it. I mean, to your point, to, to your point, like, I criticized the cooking mechanic in, in Tears of the Kingdom. And I put it in my top five games of the year. So that should tell you something, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I have no, I, I have no doubt that this game is going to thrill me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just, you know, I'm just talking about a moment in time that just frets, it frustrates me about seemingly Sony first party games. And it's just nope. weird. I don't know. I did want to say, I meant to bring this up in the opening. Um, so, Kind of similar to The Last of Us Part 1, they while they were making the game, they filmed behind the scenes everything, and they put that out this week uh, called Grounded Part 2. Um, mm-hmm. It's by Area 5, who did the first one. Um, and I started watching that, and if you want a really good documentary on, like, the good and bad, right? Like, the ups and downs of making a game and, like, something like that, getting it to deliver like from crunch to just things not working how you would hope they would work. Right. <laughs> Taking longer than you thought. 
Um, yeah, I'd, I'd love to get there. I'd love to just as, as a point of interest, I'd be interested to know and mm. get inside Neil's head and the team's head about the reservations that I'm sure they had. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 it's a story element that I don't like about the game. And I've said mm-hmm. this, but I respect it because it was a, a dang risky choice yeah. to make you play as a beloved character's killer. And, 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 and they had to have known that yeah. for 50% of the people who played this game, that wasn't going to work. Yeah. It just and wasn't going to work. To be fair, like to him. And, but I respect like, it. Watching it, that was the plan from the start. Mm-hmm. Like there, there was no, you know, he, he's very upfront early on. Like, hey, this is, this is kind of where I'm coming from, you know, yeah. as far as what I mean, my theme is. I mean, people people like to think about the negative things I say. Mm-hmm. It's just cool. Um, I would give I would give Last of Us Part Two eight point five or nine. But I paid for the upgrade. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah, play same. it again. You know, so it's like I've I've said repeatedly that I think Last of Us Part Two is a fantastic game and does some amazing things truly well except the story kind of fell flat for me. Yeah. That's it. But no, I would, regardless, if you care about video games and like it's on YouTube, like literally just go search grounded Two, right. And it's on the night dog page about two hours. It's totally worth it. Like it's right. Are these up the there. same guys that did raising Kratos. Yeah. And it's actually, um, you know, it's, it's the guy who he's Matt Chandernay is one of the guys who's on that, on Arthur's podcast been on there for years. Like he just, who's author or he knows he's, uh, yeah. Yeah. John's favorite person in the world. Like they always see. Apparently I have the same, apparently I have the same taste in video games. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That Arthur geese has (laughs) a lot of times. That's where it stops. (laughs) Yeah. That's definitely where it stops. But anyway, speaking of where it stops, uh, yeah, that's, that's what we're playing this week. Uh, Chris let you know what he already played and John and I kind of told you stuff. So hope you enjoyed it. And the next time you hear us, uh, we'll be bringing you some news. Hot off the press and straight to your ears. Weekly Games Chat presents the news. 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 (sighs) So ladies and gentlemen, we're kicking off this part of the news segment this week with the sony state of play that happened uh it was i you know um and i'll start off with with some things Uh, i think one of the biggest things we saw is this actually uh death stranding sequel has an official title it's going to be called death stranding 2 there's a colon and then it says on the beach uh kojima actually shared a lengthy trailer for the game uh, good news for Norman Reedus fans. He will return as Sam Porter Bridges and will face off against a new group called Drawbridge. And this is true. This sentence is 100% true. The trailer is absolutely crazy. So if you haven't seen it, you do need to see it for yourself. In addition, this was also very, very cool news to me. Kojima is making a new action game. I'm sorry, action espionage game that currently doesn't have a title. That's awesome. 
What was also awesome was Rise of the Ronin, what I got to see of it at least, and it's going to be out on March 22nd. Uh, we got to look at the hub world of Yokohama, one-on-one sword combat with a parry system. Hey, where's parry? And more! Uh, and Until Dawn, the remaster is coming to PS5 and PC this year with Ballistic Moon handling the project. So I'm going to pause there and, and try to get some feedback from the boys. Chris, I'll lead with you. From anything I just said, what's your most? Uh, which, what are you most excited about? I saw you kind of pump your fist a few times. Kojima is making an action espionage game. Kojima right? is making an action espionage game. <laughs> by the way, I believe the code was Psych Int or something like that. Like it, it did that weird thing. Like he didn't say it was, but like when they zoomed out and they showed it was being filmed at Sony Studios. Yes, underneath it yes. said code word Psych. You know, I was like. Yeah, that's a Kojima thing to do right there. That's um, so I I get down with all that. But also Death Stranding 2 looked really, really good. Um yeah. I mean and I mean Rise of the Ronin definitely looks very interesting. it's kind of like fun because I've seen that studio do these very hard games in terms of like Neo and you know, I played like Wolong last year. Like they are intense combat games that had very com like very hard mechanics to master and like this kind of seems like still it's going to be hard but trying to maybe mainline it and kind of like maybe take it from where it was with neo and bring it to that world of Sekiro, where it clicks into a larger base of people right like but it looks until they meet ogres yeah well you know some people just get learn how to fight ogres (laughs) but no I, i i i think like Outside of Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, like Rise of Ronin's probably like the first three months of the year, my most anticipated title here that hasn't come out yet. Uh, that far. wasn't on the most anticipated episode, so yeah, you almost made it. I almost made it. You're a liar, uh, and you lie. But John, uh, same question to you. Out of those things I just read, anything that really tickle your fancy of excitement? I will buy a hundred copies of kojima's action espionage game if he simply calls it action espionage game <laughs> it'll be the great we'll give it away <laughs> it'll be fantastic with it knowing said, him action made by hideo <laughs> espionage espionage made by kojima <laughs> yeah uh but yeah this is uh, i i I'm probably one of these days going to get around to playing my first Kojima game called Death Stranding. One of these days. Hmm. So maybe in the in the next six years when this one finally comes out, I'll be ready for the sequel. Rise of the Ronin looks great. Looking forward to playing it. It's it's looking it's it it it's looking to possibly, uh, particularly with how they describe it, um, maybe scratch a little bit of Sekiro itch. Maybe uh, it, it, I'm, I'm half expecting it to be a little bit more slower based combat, but we'll see. Um, the, 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 but the thing that really, from what you've read, really stands out to me is if they would have taken a poll of remasters that PlayStation 5 fans want, I would have to imagine that ready uh, that uh, until dawn would be at the very bottom of the list if it even showed up at all. So I don't <laughs> know. I don't know what's going on here. Um, because I can tell you everybody's everybody, every bloodborne fan in the world is going, what's why just give me, uh, if you are a huge bloodborne fan, Sony could just repackage the game and say, 
They don't have to do anything else to it and just say it runs at 60 frames and they would buy it for full price. And I am really so. See, I, I mean, I would be so curious about what might be really going on behind the scenes that is preventing them from doing it because the decision to do it from a business perspective is is obvious. So I'm just wondering what what the behind the scenes thing is go is going on that's I don't know whether it's a legal thing or what that's just preventing them from moving forward with this. There are rumors that Bluepoint is actually working on Bloodborne 2. That's like um, what they're supposed to be in theory like they're getting they're getting their shot to make their own thing, right, instead of a remaster right. finally. Which is which is probably why they kind of remade from the ground up mm -hmm. uh you know Demon Souls. They were getting their feel for the, mm -hmm. you know, the, the the Dark Souls type type game. But that Until Dawn, man, it, is it, it's like the remaster that nobody wanted. Uh, maybe I'll give it a shot. I just I don't know because I'm a fan of horror games, but that one just never grabbed me as one I wanted to play. Was that so, um, in <clears throat> VR? Go ahead, Chris. Was that in VR? Yeah. What is uh -huh. what Until Dawn? It came out on PlayStation I think so. Four. I think it. I think it was. I don't want to. Well, it might have a VR it. version, but it did right, not yeah. launch on VR. Right. Because right, that would make fair. more sense, like of saying we're gonna make a nicer version for VR. Yeah. Well, it's it it goes along with uh, are they making a movie? Maybe they're making a movie or something. Yeah. I don't know. But it goes along with a series of Until Dawn is part of a anthology of horror games. Yeah. Um Call of Cthulhu, I think, is one of them, maybe. Um, there's a series of, um, of, of games that are sort of kind of in, it's, it, it's like, it's like their version of the Marvel cinematic universe, but it's horror games. I was about to say, it's like, kind is of, Cthulhu in all of their games. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. believe it or not, I did a quick search in, in, uh, Reddit, a game called SOCOM is coming up a lot. That was an OG third person shooter. They only had, um, also I've always not known how to say this because I'm dumb. Mm -hmm. ICO is it Ico or Ico? Ico. That's how I, I think it's Ico, it. right? What? Yeah. ICO, the game, the kid wears the horns. They want to. Oh, remake I call it. That. I call it Ico. I call it. I call it Ico or Ico. I don't know. You that, never need that. You never. You should never ask Chris how to pronounce words. I'll tell you why. Okay. Okay. Not to be fair, I'm biased. I call it Ico because of the song. Ico, Ico, all day. Oh, you know, like because yeah, it has nothing to do with the cuss word. It doesn't. It doesn't. But like, I see it that way. I'm like, well, that's <laughs> obviously what's my. Be. Well, the development team was called Team Eco. I mean, yeah, true. My my right. personal pick for remake remaster would be the Sly Cooper franchise. Mm -hmm. I want that game to come back more than you have any idea of. Um, <laughs> that was but, a, I like that. That was a fun sentence. Sucker <laughs> yes, punch. I, I didn't know kind of how to end it or wrap it up. <laughs> which I never do, but we just went with it. We let it flow. Kind of like we're going to stop and let you flow, John, and pick up on... No, you had a... First of all, let me stop right there. What were you about to say? I was going to say your your sentence was stellar. That's a pivot. <laughs> pivot! <laughs> so, Stellar Blade mm, uh, got a deep dive. Mm. Oh, man. Deep dive. 
I'll tell you. Uh, with a release date of April 26, the game takes place on an apocalyptic Earth where a mysterious enemy has forced humans to flee the colony. Eve is the main character and will utilize guns and swords in combat. Sonic Cross Shadow Generations was revealed by Sega, which is an enhanced mm. remaster of Sonic Generations that will have new content featuring Shadow the Hedgehog. The game is coming to all platforms in autumn of 2024. Silent Hill, the short message, uh, Shadow dropped on the day of the presentation. The game is free to play and has already enjoyed over 1 million downloads. Konami also shared a new trailer for Silent Hill 2 remake project with no release date given. Sean, you watched this presentation. I did. You know that Stellar Blade is one of my most anticipated Ooh, games of the year. I'm right year. there with you, baby. Have you yeah. seen it? What did you think? I, that, what did you out think? Of, <laughs> out of everything you just read, 100% that game, that game, that game, that game, Hello, that game gets me the most excited. It drops four days before my birthday. Uh, so I'm hoping that'll be, you know, we're really, it's Why was this your game of the me. year, Sean? It was four days before my birthday. Yeah, it was, it was the closest to my birthday. And, uh, <laughs> it was VR. And, Sean, it wasn't VR. Uh, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I honestly, uh, I got excited to see like the Silent Hill thing just because it was like it shadow drop. That was cool. But I, uh, it is what it is. Out of everything you read, though, Stellar Blade is the star. It, I love the deep dive and and I can't wait to get my hands on it. Okay. And I, I credit you for really reminding me of the game when we did our most anticipated games of the year. So shout out to you for, there. and. Yeah, I'll leave it. I'll, I'll stop. I'll leave it right there. Uh, Chris, are you looking forward to your game of the year, Cellar Blade? I definitely think it's on my radar uh, for sure. <clears throat> like since you brought it up, and I was like, "Wait, what?" I was like, "Oh yeah, that game they shut off." And seeing more here, um, it reminds <clears throat> me. Like, I feel like it's gonna be the game that scratches that bayonetta itch for something that's not nintendo console that we've been lacking right that's not devil may cry um you know just it it very much reminds me of that and everything i've seen was very impressive uh so definitely gonna pick that up sonic hey uh, i like sonic <laughs> uh can't say the silent hill stuff is cool that they're doing it but I feel like after seeing the reaction to the short message, which I did not go download and everything, I was like, this should be the reminder here. It's Konami and Konami's in a really weird place. Cause they're kind of went away and now they're trying to quickly come back. Right. So um, I, I hope they can nail the landing with everything just cause I know there's so many people that are huge fans of silent Hill. Right. And have been waiting for a sequel to that for forever. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I hope I it's saw good. the, tr when they showed the trailer for silent Hill Two remake, it looked mm -hmm. like an early build of resident evil two. Yeah. It looked fair. horrible. It did. Yeah. It looked like it was, it, it, it looked like a bunch of people in a boardroom said, well, resident evil has been successful. Go make that and make it look like that. So it doesn't seem to be inspired in any way it doesn't have any flair to it it just seems yeah. like it's a paint by number it looks like a paint by number horror game it's that's weird trying to that's trying to look like a resident evil remake game it's it's weird because <clears throat> as yeah to your point i don't think it like 
blew me away, right? Uh, on the flip side, it's like it's weird to think that the remake of Metal Gear Three actually looks so good, at least at first glance of what they've shown, that people are just like, "Yep, this is going to be solid," right? You know, solid. Ha uh, ha. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Metal Gear. Yeah. Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> I'm just glad these properties aren't sitting defunct because I, I I do think like there's this point of our youth, right? Like when we became young adults, like Silent Hill to Metal Gear Solid three, like that was Konami doing amazing things. I mean, shoot John, like the first thing I remember you playing when you got your PS three Castlevania Lords of shadow, right? Things like that. You know, it's easy to forget now where Konami was and, Sure, they might not have been on the level when they broke up of of Capcom, right? But they were a solid Japanese <laughs> publisher for a long time that has some legendary hits. So it would be nice it if was, they could get back into it. Totally not named Konami, but can you guess what Sean's first game and the reason mm-hmm. he bought a PS3 was? SOCOM? Sly Cooper? <laughs> <laughs> no. It's a little game uh, that had... Really, no one knew no one knew what it was going to become it was called uncharted hmm. that's fair that is hmm. i could not wait to play that to, game. you know what to your point sean when i finally did get a ps3 that was the first game i played see nice yeah. nathan drake the mass murderer so right. i i'll just like to Nate, say no I, I don't have i don't have twitter anymore or x or whatever it's called um but apparently from what I understand, when they dropped the trailer for Stellar Blade, it sort of Stellar Blade, it sort of melted. <laughs> it sort of it sort of melted the brains of a lot of people. Go and and the comments were just your your. Uh, I'm I'm like this was funny to me, but they there there were loads of comments are like because this is what a woman looks like, and you know this is just you know no woman looks like this, and then. And then the developer posted a picture of the model, the 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 person that they used as the as the model for the character, and it was like, "That's who this is." <laughs> I have to say, my of- irritation of watching because I watched it live, I almost streamed it, but I overslept, um, so I started late. And my hatred, and I told Sean this, I think after the fact, because he got on right after it ended too, and we started talking. I had to watch the comment section, just everything that popped up as soon as it pops up Mm. L because it's not God of war or uncharted or, you know, Mm. some amazing, like including this next one uh, that we'll pivot to Uh, Judas got a brand new trailer from Ken Levine, creator of Bioshock. It definitely looks like a Ken Levine game. Uh, No release date. Also Ken Levine fashion, (laughs) right? Um, that's true. V Rising has been in early access via Steam, but now has been announced for PlayStation 5 coming in 2024. One would assume that the final version is what's being released. Dave the Diver, that's a classic right there, uh, coming to PlayStation in May of this year and will have Godzilla content coming with it. Man, this is fun to pronounce. Zenless Zone Zero. <laughs> <laughs> Is uh Hoyoverse's new game newest game in development for PlayStation 5. And finally, Metro Awakening VR and Legendary Tales have both been revealed for PlayStation VR 2. Um Sean, are you Sir. day one 
Metro Awakening VR? Is that going to be your first Metro game? It, uh, you know, it will be my first Metro game. I'm going to play it. I'm actually excited about Legendary Tales. Uh, that's a game that has been on PC VR largely, but I was very excited to see that the PSVR 2 is going to get some Was that love. the uh, Skyrim one? It's kind of like Skyrim. Yeah, it's a dungeon yeah. crawler. Look you cool. play it cooperatively. And you and your homies go in with magic, bow and arrows, swords and shields, and you dominate dungeons. Uh, so I think that's going to be dope. Yeah. Uh, and also V Rising was a game I've already played on PC, too. So it's crazy to see that it's finally making its way over. Um, John, why did you get Bioshock on PlayStation? I don't know. Right. Yeah, John, I thought of you... I want to play it for the trophies. That's how my mind works. I thought of you at two points because I was like my brother in arms of Ken Levine games uh, that look like a Ken Levine game. Uh, <laughs> so I think we're both excited for that. But the other one at first when I was watching V Rising, I, I you know I know I remember now that yeah, Sean, you and Mike getting that and playing that on Steam. Sean would I, love it. I I've not played it, and when I was watching it first, I was like, "What is this Castlevania game?" That was all I could think of by the art. John design. would love V Rising. Yeah, <laughs> that's well, that's that's so that's so funny because I've been I've been seeing it lately. It keeps popping up on Steam, and I almost bought it last week. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I rem- and I didn't remember you guys played it. Now I Chris do, didn't. but I, I thought it was something else. I thought it was something else you guys were playing. Yeah, See, me and Mike. Mike got me on it, and it was super fun. It was that time when uh, <clears throat> Vampire Survivor came out at the same time on Game Pass. And I remember this because Mike had played a little bit of that, and then both him and Sean both went and got V Rising when it came out in early access on Steam. And I was like, huh? I thought it was the same thing, too. I made that mistake. Um, But no, that was the first person I thought of, John, was you when I saw V Rising. I was like, this looks like some Castlevania (laughs) stuff. I can't wait to play Dave the Diver with Godzilla, though, because I don't know why we're putting Godzilla in there, but why not? It's Dave the Diver. <laughs> Power World success continues. Unlike the success of that conversation, which paused. Right. <laughs> um, Power World has Power World has reached another milestone with Pocket Pair. <laughs> announcing that it has reached 19 million total players since launching two weeks prior. Microsoft revealed that the game enjoyed the biggest third-party Game Pass launch in history. According to CEO Takuro Mizobe, the response from fans has been tremendous, and it's incredible to see the millions and millions <laughs> of players around the world enjoying PAL World. This is just the beginning for us and Pal World, and the feedback we're gathering while in game preview will allow us to continue to approve the experience for Pal Tamers across all platforms. Chris, do you um uh, do you see this game? It can't keep this like trend of like like whatever the heck is going on with it. Uh, so one, how long do you think that lasts? And two, do you do you think you'll like really play it like as a main game at any point in its cycle? Uh, as far as the second part, no. I I, I mean, I played it there for a good hour or so, right. and I was just like, I, I see what you knew this what it is. was, right? Yeah, I knew what yeah. it was, and I was like, I see why it's you know 
doing what it's doing, right? Like it's hitting an itch for a lot of people in that Pokemon and also kind of tree puncher crafting world. Like it's a perfect synergy of those two things. Um, it, it's not something that really speaks to me, you know, and that's fine. Uh, but to your second or to the first question, I think we've hit the height of heights, right? Like maybe outside of if it were to officially release again, um, and add some sort of content that really pulls people in. Like, I don't think we're going higher than the nearly 2 million concurrent players on steam, but to your point, like it's Tuesday at seven 30 and it's got 944,000 people playing on steam right now. So yeah, I think it's kind of like the Valheim. It's almost a million Chris. Yeah. John. Like it feels like the new, the new Valheim of early access games. Like that thing is going to be around and doing well for a long time. That sounds like a little bit more than Suicide Squad. It's a it's a tad more, John. You don't uh, want me to read that number. What uh, <laughs> what uh, which leads me to the question for you. Now that you are reminded how well Power World is, should we get that instead of Suicide Squad? I'm kidding. Not a bit. But I do you kind rather... of agree with Chris's sentiment? Also, what did he say about about that? We're kind of at the peak of of its popularity. <laughs> And also, funny, <laughs> funny cuss word right there, John. <laughs> I know. I don't think we're at the peak of it. Ah, uh, no, guys. Uh, we got the toes out. <laughs> I didn't do that to you, John. I didn't <laughs> attack you that way. I attacked you. I'm going to die. That. Oh, my God. That's funny. It's John, the way you said that was like, we got news here. Yeah, see, we got news. <laughs> Anywho, uh, go ahead, John. No. Took the wind out of my sails. Hurts right here. I think you need bigger wind sails. (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, he he makes fun of me, and then he ridicules me for being hurt. I'm hurt. You're not hurt. You're You're a sweet boy with a big heart. Don't tell me how I feel. (laughs) <laughs> oh no i'm gonna be labeled a bully and this is it i'm done you've just hey, ruined everything john well let's hope nintendo is a bully and goes after this oh monstrosity oh i mean you look at this stuff and like you guys stole pokemon characters like legit I mean, can you just be honest you stole pokemon characters there's i mean you look at this stuff and you're going of course they did of course they did but you know I'm no legal expert. We keep losing our lawyers. No, they stop listening to us. <laughs> Every so time be- we bring up law, they're like, I'm out. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. It's but been that, a hey, decline in our legal security. I love that about you, John. You're not afraid to say what is kind of out there. It's kind of in sort of a truth area about things. This is a prime example of what I mean is like, you look at it and you go, this is Pokemon. And they're like, no, it's not. It's not Pokemon. Oh. And you're like, oh. uh. I love, I, I am amused equally in equal measure by the death threats that Pokemon fans label on these, on these developers. It's so, and look, man, this is, uh, gotta love population. This is why the gaming community are still very 
we're, we're all still children. <laughs> yeah. It's like, they don't respect us because we do that. <laughs> we, I'll kill you <laughs> in game, bro. Uh, Pikachu. Side duck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, I don't think I'm ever going to play this game. Like it doesn't ever. look, it doesn't I, look fun to me. It let does me ask not you this fun. though. We do have a correspondent, uh, on on stuff like this his name is bk he's one of your friends has bk played this game or does he think it's treacherous do you even you know, know i haven't i haven't even asked him about it um but yeah like you know I, I actually i might give him a call and ask him about it but i will say yeah i just this doesn't look fun but you know to me i hate god of war ragnarok so what do i know <laughs> i have one friend that like and he was one that he got into Valheim hard too, right? Which is again like the last time I could think of like a early access game that blew up on Steam that level. And I swear, man, ever since the day it came out, like I just keep seeing his name pop up as locked on to Power World on Steam, just consistently playing nonstop. So it's it's striking an itch for someone, not us, but you know, teach his own. To each his own. Uh, yeah, Power World, you know, we just raved about its success, its success uh, and its milestones. Uh, but we also want to talk about the success of a decline. Is that right, John? Yeah. Fine. It's fine. I, he, was, he was staring out the door and I thought he had to barf. Because my dogs barf when I podcast. Only when I podcast do they barf. But uh, while in decline, Sean, the Switch is still managing to show signs. Uh, Chris wants everybody to know that he also has a dog. <laughs> it's funny because Chris's dog showed up on my timeline today of happy memories. Uh, Chris, do not point out Burgess to Penny. Chris is wanting you just to know that Penny's still alive because, you know, you and I both were like, is Penny boo. dead? When, boo when is Penny right and Burgess... When Penny and Burgess are together, ladies and gentlemen, let's just say Burgess is very uncomfortable. <laughs> uh so yeah uh the switch is still managing to show signs of life selling through 13.74 million units in the first nine months of the financial year that only counts as a 7.8 percent decline from the same period last year they have revised their forecast for the current financial year predicting 15.5 million up from 15 it should have said 15 million previous previously predicted super mario bros Wonder has sold nearly 12 million units. Ooh. Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom now sits at 20.28 million units sold. Pikmin 4 has now sold 3.33 million units. And Super Mario RPG, which has reached 3.14 million units. The Switch console sits at 139.36 million units sold over the entire lifespan. And Switch software sales totaled 163.95 million units this year. Chris, are you looking forward to Switch breaking the PlayStation 2's record? It's what, 180 million, right? No. Is it? I thought it was that high. Not quite. Ah. Might be close. Yeah, it's up there. I thought it was in the 160s. Maybe. I guess it's possible. Um, Lifetime sales. Yeah, I'm interested to see what 158 million units. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I guess it could happen, right? If they yeah, definitely if they were to uh do what they do. Um but no, hey. 
Congrats to them. Uh, I'm really that happy. Was, that was shrewd. If they continue to do what they do. <laughs> I mean, it, it's not really high level analysis to look and be like, well, the number did that last year. So if I add those two numbers together and they did that this year, <laughs> right. Um, but, um, I am happy. I think the nicest thing of this, like reading that is, you know, yeah, I'm not shocked that super Mario bros wonder or tears of the kingdom sold what they sold. I'm really happy to see Pikmin four and super Mario RPG each selling over 3 million units, right? Smaller games, you would think. Um, and I think like those would have been the things honestly, like in say even the Wii era, I don't think that would have come anywhere near that if they had put those out then. So just perfect time. And, and I say like, I, I thought of the big three last year, they were the best. And I think they're kind of in the best place right now of, of, you know, Xbox, Sony and, and Microsoft. They just, they have a good route as far as workflow of small things, remakes and big things. Everything seems to be clicking for them. Good for them. Sean, what do you think about the disappointing sales of Tears of the Kingdom? Yeah, I think they need to step up their game. No. POS. I, it's so it's so funny to see this, man. I just watched a YouTube video. Uh, let me give a shout out to the guy. I think we all know him. Beat em ups. I think that's the guy. Mm-hmm. Long hair. He's got a lot. I think he's got clickbait. Because like the one I watched about this, he was like, I'm done. The switch is at its end. And I clicked it like a like dummies do for clickbait. But in the video, he just kind of did the history of what was happening when it launched, where we've come from, uh, to where we are now, and and kind of a lot of the milestones that this your article pointed out on on just stuff. Uh to a point made in our chat from our, our friend Acid Sugar, this is probably why they were able to kind of this is the why on why we don't have a switch to or whatever the next thing's going to be. Uh, it's absolutely mind boggling that, <laughs> I mean, 15.5 million in like the 27th year of this console being out is ridiculous. Uh, and yet, and I pulled up the list <clears throat> like you guys did real quick. <clears throat> They're within striking distance to take second place. Easy. That's the Nintendo DS. If they beat the PlayStation 2, I was all like, why was Wii U such a disappointment? And this is the why. Wii U only sold like 13 million. Yeah. <laughs> Which is still like in the top like 25 consoles ever. But, but still, it was a just disappointment. That, yeah. Like when you just put it in between the Wii. And the switch, <laughs> right. it's like it's like ooh, <laughs> ooh. Well, I mean, I mean, that's kind of that's kind of my thinking of. There's nothing more nerve wracking than Nintendo's next idea. That that there's was a point I was scarier gonna, than because oh, you go because you go soup you go I don't know you go GameCube Wii Wii U Switch and that's the way it's been the last four cycles. And, you know, it's because that it's because Nintendo thinks the way it does. It's, you know, as Brian Otano calls him, the crazy toy maker. As long as it's not a commercial where they're like, we would like to switch. 
So, <laughs> oh no, no. To that point, <laughs> what do you think happens if like they actually pulled off in the equivalent of, say, PS4 to PS5, right? That could like, work. That'd be like if they like, did it right. Like, because I think right now we can all agree, like, what PS4 is over a hundred million, right? And I think it feels like PS5 is probably hanging to that ballpark as well. Don't see why not. Like, so if this is able to do something that literally no one has reached since the early 2000s, which, I mean, that's the impressive part of PlayStation, right? Like, two will always be, even Switch catches it. PlayStation 2 doing that number, what it did back then, is unfathomable to me. On the flip side, like if you sit there and you say, let's say, okay, so Switch this year gets to 160 million, right? And then Switch 2 comes around, could break 200 million in the same amount of period if it was as good as PS4 to PS5. I think it would be on the table. I think the real question is, Chris, how many have you had? We're on three. <laughs> Dude, in the top 13 <gasps> consoles, it's only Sony and Nintendo. Microsoft yeah. doesn't enter until well, the Xbox 360. One. Well, think of, 360. think of... Yeah, 360's up there. You're right. I totally yeah, 80 million. Think of yeah. the narrative. Think of the narrative. And I, I, I don't... I don't begrudge the narrative, but think of the narrative before the switch came out. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The, the I mean, Wii, not right here. The, <laughs> no, listen, the, the Wii was an outlier mm-hmm. because every console that Nintendo had put out aside from the Wii sold less and less and less and less. Yeah. You go from 55 million, th- uh, no, sorry, maybe 65 million to 45 million. The super NES super NES sold less than the NES because of Sega. Yeah. And then the 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 Nintendo sixty four came out, and it had to compete with PlayStation and Sega. And then did it really you know, compete with Sega? Did it with the Saturn? Did it, John? <laughs> As a Saturn owner, I'm sitting here going like, did it really compete with the Saturn? <laughs> yes, <laughs> it did. I was I'm the only person I know that ever owned the Sega Saturn. Firstly, of all the people I've known. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I think that's true. I don't know anybody else that owned a Saturn. Yeah, I know people that owned a Dreamcast. Exactly. <laughs> but no, 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 no Sega Saturn. Sega Saturn. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think as long as they have a good overhaul to what they've. Oh, oh. what did there? <laughs> Speaking of overhauls, Square Enix is set to significantly overhaul how it makes games following what it perceives as flat sales, even in a year that a mainline Final Fantasy game released. Square Enix director and president, uh, say that name, John. I don't want to disrespect people. I lost my place. Overhaul. Hidadaki, was that what I was? Hidadaki? Takashi. Oh, Takashi. Takashi Kiryu. Yeah, there Kiryu. Okay, yeah. Told analysts this week that the company's new structure will be announced in the spring uh, and will be put in place in time for the start of April. The new structure will aim to improve the quality of the company's games. The company's sales for 2023 were essentially flat, which is surprising given the release of Final Fantasy 16 in June. 
Uh, the decline was apparently due in part to declines in the MMO Final Fantasy XIV as well as increased development costs. No mention was made of Final Fantasy XVI's sales performance. I think, Sean, the last time we heard, it sold $3 million and we really haven't heard anything. Yeah, it, that's weird. Yeah. How do you uh, feel about yeah. this? Uh, I mean, look, any, I, I personally believe this is a motto of mine and I got it from coach Saban. I think I'm going to butcher it, but who you, you, you always can find, like always strive to be better. There's even if you're at the top, be better. Uh, I'm not saying at all that square Enix is at the top, but it's, it, I like to see when you say, look, let's look in the mirror. What's happening. What can we change? What's a new strategy? Let's, you know, spice it up a little bit. Uh, Hey, yeah, I, I just I hope I hope they don't change too much of what they are, because I think people like what Square Enix is. Uh, that could be complete hypocrisy because we look at their sales numbers and it's not where they think they should be. But maybe they should also look at that and say, are we being too uh, are, are we shooting too high? You know, like what are, what what should we expect from our sales? And I know uh Final Fantasy 14's got a new expansion coming out soon. Uh, Final Fantasy, we just talked about seven. The the next one, the rebirth's coming yeah, out well. very soon. Uh, so, I think it was more catered towards the. Did we talk about this off air, Chris? The J, was it the more like the JRPG games, or the traditional? It, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it is the other side of it, um, which is cost versus. Expectation is the other thing that's been the that problem. Yeah. yeah, and you know, hopefully they figure it out because uh again, don't don't panic. Do what you gotta do. We need Square Enix in the game. Support them if you like a game that they have. Uh they're not going anywhere, like I just said. So hey, let's play Final Fantasy Seven together and make them all happy. For sure. John, you're the biggest Square Enix fan we know. Uh what's your thoughts on I'll this? I'll see you guys later. <laughs> <laughs> Bye Platinum. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just I'm just looking forward to seeing what this means, uh, what this means for the future of Final Fantasy and how they develop their games going forward. What you know, how it means for the the mini JRPG dumps they take at the beginning of the year with all the smaller scale games. And I know I, I would consider Octopath Traveler two kind of a kind of a triple A ish, sure. but around that they drowned it with other RPGs. Mm-hmm. Uh, around that that same time, and um, how they're going to look. I, I'm. Tr- it's like at the begin. We have to. We have to remember at the beginning of the maybe the end of year before beginning of last year, they dumped a lot of their American studios. So they they cut a lot of um <clears throat> fat off the bone meat off the bone rather and so this might have might have had an effect on them falling flat as they say but in addition to this i'm wondering what the future is of dragon quest 12 they announced that game three years ago maybe it was four and you haven't heard a peep about it now i mean they've got some they've got some dragon quest projects in the works they come out with They've come out with a Dragon Quest title of some sort every single year, um, and they've got some remasters in in the works. 
So I'm wondering where the where those sit. Are they moving forward? Where does you know? But really, I'm just kind of like curious why we haven't heard anything about Dragon Quest Twelve, and does this new plan mean we're just sort of scaling back from Dragon Quest? Yeah, because I like me some Dragon Quest. Fair point. Um, looking at it, you know we we've seen this theme with Square Enix for a long time, like especially back when before they sold off Idos, right, and others where. Whether it was like Avengers, Tomb Raider, Guardians of the Galaxy, Deus Ex, like there were a number of titles where it just felt like they had these unrealistic sales projections in advance of what they were expecting versus what they got. Um, the other side of it is, I mean, they've been this studio for years with their biggest games, their true AAA games, where they just seem to take forever. Like they're taking longer and longer. And this was, a, and I get it, you know, things are a lot harder to develop now, right? Compared to the older days. But when you think about it, Final Fantasy VII came out in 97. Final Fantasy VIII came out in, I believe, 98 uh, or 90. Yeah, 98. And Final Fantasy IX was 99. And then it was two years later that Final Fantasy X hit with the launch of uh, PS2, right? And that was Square, I feel like, in a sweet spot, like really figuring out how to take a system and say, hey, we have this thing set up. Let's now put great stories and great things built around that. And I think like from their standpoint, they need to go look at another Japanese third-party developer and seeing, like, I, I feel this way. Like, if you went back into the mid like 2013-ish, 2014-ish, you could say, they were in some dire straits. And now I think they might be the best ran non-Nintendo third party, or I should say non-Nintendo non-from-software uh, <laughs> um, third party publisher developer, and that's Capcom. Like Capcom figured out how to make an engine, and they go, yep, here's things like Monster Hunter, Here's remakes of Resident Evil. Here's new Resident Evil, right? Every now and then, here's a Devil May Cry game. They're consistently hitting. Like, it never feels like a game is in development too long. Where, therefore, because of that, things are cost-effective, and they don't have, like, a lot of overhead to make their cost back and be successful. Meanwhile, you know, it's like, yeah, here's Final Fantasy 15. That took 10 years. Here's Final Fantasy 16. That took like seven, eight years, you know? And really the only thing I could think of that has been efficient of the really big stuff has been this Final Fantasy 7 remake stuff, right? We got Final Fantasy 7 remake in, what was it, 2020? We're getting this in 2024. That's not a bad turnaround for something, you know, where it was and where, where it's going. But the question is, you had... Final Fantasy 16 last year. When does anyone think Final Fantasy 17 is coming out? Is it going to be before the end of this generation? Probably not. And for a company that I think above all else is built on Final Fantasy, you need to then start figuring out ways to generate content. And, you know, for Capcom, it was remaking those games, building that engine, getting it perfected, and then putting 
classic games into that engine. They need to take the same route and go like, yep, here's the remake of six. Here's the remake of eight. Not doing what you're doing with seven, but like, you know, here's nine. Here's here's four and five, all those kind of things, and bring them in. Uh, and I think they might have something that might be more sustainable and financially profitable for them than what they have right now. Because right now, I don't think it's tenable. Like, I think they keep going this way. Eventually, they're going to have to sell to someone, like probably Sony, I would imagine, um, but you know, I don't want that. And I don't think anyone else wants that. We want to see square be who they are. Right. So, well, see, that's, I, I don't see, that's the thing about this company. I don't know that I know. I don't, sometimes you can look at a company and go, yep, that's what the, this is what they're doing wrong. This is what they're doing wrong with square Enix. It's strange. Their lack of success has been strange to me because they come out with games that are critical darlings with Square Enix, uh, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, with Crystal Dynamics and Eidos Montreal, with um, with Guardians of the Galaxy, highly regarded, well-liked game, didn't sell. Tomb Raider, didn't sell. Now, and then you look at, then you look at Final Fantasy 15, <laughs> which was liked, yeah. but I don't know that anyone, I don't know that it blew anyone's hair back it sold 10 million, more. 10 million units yeah. sold. And I'm trying to figure out, it seems to me that Final Fantasy 16 is, percept, per, perception is it's high, it's more highly regarded than the previous one. Sure. Um, but at most, maybe they reach four, maybe five million. And, but I don't know. It's like, what is it about Final Fantasy 16 that sold five million, and that's that's generous estimates no, versus like Final three. Fantasy 14, 15 that sold ten. Yeah. So what I'm trying to say is, I don't understand. And and if I was on their board, I'd be like, I don't understand. We're giving you things that we think you that you seem to say you want, but you don't buy them. So I, what what is what is going on with our pedigree? What is going on with our brand that people just aren't resonating with? I don't know. That's a good, that's a good question, John. But no worries. Foam Stars is here to save the day. Is it's that Square on, Enix? It's free. Is on, that Square Enix? It says it is. Yeah, I guess it is. It's uh, it's free, it's a PlayStation Plus game, so it's about to set the roof on fire, baby. But look, I mean. It, if if Final Fantasy if the Final Fantasy Seven Rebirth doesn't blow the blow the door off, I'd be surprised. I, I mean, if I would I would almost feel like that one would put them back in the black this year, and where they would not have flat sales. And in theory, if that title does well, that could increase. I mean, that could very well increase. Um, sales for the previous Final Fantasy 7 and increased sales for Final Fantasy 16. Here, to your point, just thinking this, if you're Square, why are you not doing a remake of Chrono Cross and Chrono Trigger? I don't understand that. That is money on the table. Those are two of the best, well-loved <laughs> JRPGs of all time. Go put those out there. People will buy them. You know, you talking about just a dragon? You talking about just a drag and drop or a remake? 
like uh yeah do remakes of those games like don't do it over don't make it complicated by final fantasy 7 but like update them give them the visual flair i guarantee you there's a very large population of jrpg fans that would buy those you know like you think of like just people we know right bk would buy those games i would buy those games josh would buy those games mike would buy those games you know mm-hmm. or yeah Kingdom Hearts remake, <laughs> you know, there's another one. Like there are things in their library that they could go to milk money if they wanted to. And they don't well, seem just, to be. Thank player. God we're getting secret of mana on Xbox. Visions of mana. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Sorry. And I'm, uh, yeah. When are we also playing that blue game, John? We got to play that one. Nothing to yeah. do with square. Just thought I'd ask you that right now. Oh, grand I blue picked- fantasy. Yeah, as yeah I maybe I'll just buy that instead of Suicide Squad. I think that's what we need to do. Uh, but I'm going to pivot now to some uh, updates on the game that's called Avowed. Yay! Obsidian has responded to criticism of its upcoming fantasy RPG, saying that there is still work to be done. Here's a quote. We're getting to show more and more, but all of that is while the game is still in progress, obviously. One of the heartening things has been seeing fans call out some of the things that we are actively working on, like the sense of hitting and impacts as you're attacking enemies. It's like, yep, what you all saw was still a few weeks behind where we're even uh, when the footage was released, just because of the nature of the way these things are put together. And the team has been working on it. In other news, Obsidian has sought to clarify while you will not be able to romance your companions. Here's what they say. We are building building thoughtful relationships with our companion characters. Ultimately, I personally am a fan of making that an option. But I feel like if you're going to make sure that you're giving all to fulfilling that in a way that feels both true to the character, but also creates an engaging player experience. So not something we're doing for a vow, but I wouldn't say never. Chris. I think this game's on your radar. In How do you opinion. feel about not, not getting uh, any of that strange right there? <laughs> um, well, it might have been my most anticipated game of the year. Um, I'm, I'm fine anymore. with it. No, I'm fine with it because I would rather a developer say this, right? I've said this, like, I do not, if you're going to put romance in games, to me, I, the one I always think of, and John, you'll remember this, like, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, where you could just go around and like literally take anyone and just go to bed. Like, there's no relationship to it. There's no story. It's just like, yep, we put it in the game because people said they like Witcher, where you could romance people. So we put that in there too. Um, I don't like that. You know, I, if you're going to put romance in the game, I want it to be something where it evolves, whether you're talking about Dragon Age, Mass Effect, The Witcher. Um, you know, even Baldur's Gate this past year, like that really felt, you know, when I had those romantic scenes with Shadowheart, it was after like literally 70 hours of doing stuff with her and going through more than just a sex scene in the game, right? It was more of like, oh, wow, she went through some hell and I helped her get through that. And now she trusted me and now we're in that. So if you're not going to do that, don't put in your game. 
you know, I'm not here for that. That's as much as it's fun to, to laugh at bear sex, <laughs> um, you know, memes uh, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's not why I'm playing the game for the romantic parts. I'm playing it because you tell a good story. As far as the other stuff, I'm look. Yeah, I agree. Like to me, I'm like, I don't think Obsidian games are gonna really come together until you get to the very end. That's kind of the up and down with them. They they could be a little janky, just much like a Bethesda game. So I'm trusting. Uh-huh. Yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> Bethesda games are the king of janks. They're yeah, Obsidian, the worst running look, games ever. Look, Obsidian's up there too. I played, I played Fallout Three. I played <laughs> uh, Star Wars: Knights of the Old Republic too. They they have. Some, I mean, shoot, even um, even Outer Worlds had some jank to it. You know, um, John, you're gonna let him talk about your game like that. He knows. <laughs> it's not a perfect experience. Um, What's that? Outer Worlds. Uh, Outer Worlds. But John, I want to ask you, do. So kind of, if you just heard anything he said, I, I do want you to kind of say your thoughts on that too. But something hit me. Do Is it more often do, than not when we see what they present to us? Most of the time it's a finished product. Do you think that we see, or maybe it's not, I guess what I'm trying to get out is like, are we fair? Like, do we, do we maybe run games away when we don't even realize they're not completely done yet? Uh, I'm, for some reason, my head's going to the Prince of Persia game that like was like, uh, no thanks, <laughs> and, and we ended up getting what we got now. But uh, do you appreciate? I guess I should say a studio that's like, hey guys, hey hey hey, will you calm the cuss word down? We we showed you something that's three weeks old. We're three weeks into the future on this new thing. Also, uh, how do you feel about not being able to get some strange? Because I asked Chris <laughs> the same question. Well, to your first question. I have a hard time believing that Obsidian is not in the final stages of development since that game's coming out in this year. Ball. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I can understand if they were saying this two years ago. I get it. But, you know, I, I, I but most importantly, I've always, um, I've always been sort of uncomfortable with romancing game mechanics. I, I, I just, I've never liked them. They've never even, and I've played, I've, I played the original mass effect and I pursued one. It never felt natural because, because the end result, the way that they design them in games is the end result is sex with that character. Can I say that word? And I don't think that's the right approach. I mean, they design it to where the final, the finality of your romance ends in that. And I just don't find that to be realistic. That's not real life. I mean, it's just, and it just comes off as, as, as cringy. And particularly when you ask the average person, you know, what are you doing in a game? You're just, and they say, I'm trying to F this person to them. The romance. That's a shot at me. (laughs) Well, I was hoping you wouldn't tell on yourself, but okay. No, I've literally, I've literally had John. John is trying like, to call you out. John is literally come up to be like, "What are you doing, Chris?" I'm like, "Well, I'm trying to f this person, man. I'm being direct." <laughs> Instead, it's, it's it, but I like the idea. I like Avowed's uh, their approach. Like we're we're all about building the relationship. The relationship is what stands out. The relationship is what impacts. Is what thought I heard a I thought I heard puke. Um is what's impactful. 
without the distraction of you not caring about the character building and the relationship building, you're caring about that final scene where two people bump uglies. <laughs> it's just, I'm not really, I've just never, I've never gravitated toward it. And it was, and look in, in Odyssey, it was a, it was, it was a weird thing. I just didn't, you know, and I get it. I get it. It was one of those things where that was kind of like, Hey, let's, let's do this one. Let's do this person. Let's do, I mean, it's Greek. <laughs> you could say that it is Greek. Very. Um, but yeah, I, I just don't, I don't, I don't. <clears throat> so Sean I, looks I'm, bored. As, no, I'm not <laughs> bored. I'm just, like, I'm immediately <laughs> thinking you misread my faces all the time, by the way. No, I don't. I'm, I'm immediately thinking like, is there something wrong with me or something wrong with them? I don't care how it's put in the game. It is amazing when the opportunity to straight yoink is in the game. <laughs> I get down on it. I well, mean, as simple as Grand Baldur's Gate 3. Well, as simple as Grand Theft Auto does it where you beep a horn to <laughs> rah, rah, and they get to in the your... car and you go rah, 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 rah. I mean, also, I watched, Chris, Chris, you showed me a Witcher 3 love story that oh, was great. amazing. Yeah, that's great. It's like it can go. It could be as simplistic as that. You're you're getting a hooker in a car, or you you end up hooking up with somebody in The Witcher like, that you now have to kill immediately because they're the devil. To to your point, Sean, like literally the ones that do it the best are like for instance, like in Witcher Three. There's Kira that you can literally have a one night stand, kind of like what John's saying, like where the you go on a quest, you do a thing, and that's where it ends is like literally a sex scene, right? Versus you can have relationships with Yennefer or Trish or be dumb and do both and see what happens to you, which is really bad. Let's roll the <laughs> dice, baby. Right. And like there, it's more of the building out relationship. Like in the case of like Trish, if you're someone who did that, if you played all three Witcher games, that's a character you took in a relationship that carried over for three games. Yeah, I I guess it's just like, and it's boys, the same with like Mass Effect. What what do we need to fall in love for and like date and like move in together for in a video game? Because my heart is empty and I just need something like, to fill this. I want to cuss so bad right now. Like, what is wrong with y'all? And, and like, like, like again, like Baldur's Gate three, Baldur's Gate three, you can have one night stands with like certain characters that will just be like, I want you tonight, and I'm going to use you for this, and then you can have relationships where even after you might get the love scene, like it continues on. You have more things Who that happen with them. Cares if it doesn't. I guess that's where I'm at. It's just like, bruh, role play. I got that. I got minds and I'm going to save the world now because I have a giant sword and a horse. Let's go. You need um, a new approach to this. Or y'all need to I, and that happens in real life too, I guess. Like it it does. And I know I Chris, I know you gave a pivot. That was a beautiful pivot. John wasn't paying attention, so he didn't catch it. That's why I've kept keeping talking. I need a new approach as well. Oh, we all do. But I'll tell you more about that. I don't like I don't like playing your game of pivot. Let's just abandon pivots. I'm going to make a game called Pivot. It's not just my game or just Chris's game. You've done it too. Huh? You know make- what? I pull up his PTO request. Go ahead and kick him out of the office right now. 
Go home. You have COVID. (laughs) Square's going to make a game called Pivot, and it's going to take 12 years to make. (laughs) Indiana Jones and the Great Circle, Mm. and maybe Starfield, Mm. are rumored to be considered to release on PS5, which is indicative of a possible new approach to Microsoft's strategy going forward. A source inside Microsoft has made claims that the company is, quote, weighing up which titles will remain exclusive and others that will appear on Switch or PS5 in the future, end quote. If the plan proves true, Indiana Jones could possibly show up on the PlayStation 5. Indeed, Starfield may be another title that could show its face on the aforementioned platform. With questions swirling about the future of the platform and its titles, Phil Spencer stated that that more will be revealed in a, quote, business update event to be held sometime next week. Quote, we're listening and we hear you. We've been planning a business update event for next week where we look forward to sharing more details with you about our vision for the future of Xbox. Stay tuned. So this one is a big one. This one is this one is blowing up on social media and YouTube, which is social media. Right. Uh, but I'd like to say <laughs> I'd like to say to Chris, uh, I'd like to ask Chris, since he is the Xbox resident fanboy. Um and I say that I say that lovingly because last year, ladies and gentlemen, if you remember, Xbox was my console of choice. Um PCs are mine. we <laughs> Are we are we looking at a future, Chris? Mm. Realistically, are they walking away from the console space? I don't think we could say that yet. Um, I think they're evolving, and it goes to a lot of things. One, Phil. I mean, Phil's admitted this, right? He said it point blank. They lost the console war. He feels like PlayStation Four, Xbox One. That was the start of digital libraries, right? And wherever you build your library, I mean, you see that problem today. Like, go ask Epic how hard it is to pull people away from Steam when people have these libraries of, like, 300-plus games. It's it's near impossible to sit there and go, like, yeah, we know you've invested in PlayStation these last 10 years. Screw that. Come over and rebuild this library over an Xbox. So I think it's part them being realistic on that but it's also i mean satya nadea or nadia however you say his name uh the ceo of 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 microsoft when he was on the stand during this whole entire blizzard acquisition thing what do you say he said if i could have it my way every game would be available everywhere and when you think of microsoft as a company it makes a ton of sense because that's what they do, right? They want office everywhere. They want windows on any PC. They don't care if it, if they built it, they want you to be able to have it. They want you to be able to access LinkedIn anywhere. They want teams to be the way you communicate with your business. They want Azure to be the way that you use cloud. And I imagine for them at the, if you're looking and saying, okay, the best we're probably going to do is sell 30 to 50 million consoles. It caps what you can do on your sales for your big games versus if you say, okay, we'll put it out on PC and our console on day one, 
and let it be what it is. And then six months later, we'll bring it to PlayStation, Nintendo, and other places. And we'll get another 10 million in sales, right? Like, what's the biggest earner for Microsoft in the history of that company, game-wise? Anyone know? I could tell you. It's easy. It's Minecraft. Why? It's available everywhere. It makes money because it's available on any platform. And every single day, it generates that company millions of dollars, billions per year. So I'm not shocked that a trillion dollar company is trying to maximize their profits. I'm also not shocked that there's a bunch of people that are fans. They're kind of pissed because they feel like, well, we invest in this culture and all this other stuff. Right. And now you're saying, but I honestly think like Microsoft is the first probably to move towards this because they are the biggest company. They don't have the, the luxury of being, exclusive they have to think about the biggest number of profits because that's what their shareholders demand of them but i think we're going here eventually long term like nintendo will probably be the last one to hold out on that but eventually it's going to be about when you're talking about the cost of development of games and everything else eventually it's going to be how do you make the most money you don't make the most money by saying we only sell our games in Walmart. You make the most money by selling your games in Walmart and Target, Best Buy and Amazon and anywhere else that will sell them. So I think that's where they are headed as a company is to say, yeah, you know what? When Elder Scrolls six comes out in five years, maybe it's not day and date to PlayStation five, but you know what? We'll take the 10 million we make on day one on PlayStation or I'm sorry, on Xbox and, uh, in steam. And then six months later, we'll take another 10 million when we go to Sony platforms and put it out there. That's, that's where I think they're headed. You know, and cloud is probably going to even make it more confusing because they might, maybe they don't do a console after that. Maybe it's like, Hey, we have physical places and we have the cloud and that's where we want you to exist. Anyways, I don't know. Sean, does Xbox benefit from putting their games on other platforms? And in 2025, are we going to see Game Pass on PlayStation and Switch? I don't think you see. I don't think you see Game Pass. Uh, I thought about that, and I kind of saw some stuff in chat. Um, because <clears throat> PlayStation is going to want to push PlayStation Plus and Plus 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 and all the tiers they have, and Switch is. I don't know how that's going to work out. They're, I just want them to fix their dang online connectivity and friend stuff. But I, I think, I think that Microsoft, Sony, and I, I don't know if Nintendo as much, but I think we all benefit. I think everyone benefits, and more money is made if you have some titles that are on every console, right? That you develop and make and publish. But I also think it's still very, very, very important to have exclusive titles to your console if you're going to be in the race that is consoles. Uh, if Microsoft is like, you know what, F this, you guys can have it, I'm out, then it makes sense for all that talk about every game everywhere. But if they're going to stay in it, uh, you know, then yeah, you you got to keep some stuff exclusive. 
Uh, can I see a world where Master Chief is, I'm playing it, holding my PlayStation controller from my PlayStation 5 or 6? Yeah, I could see that. At the same token, I don't know that I could see playing uh, your God of War game, for example, on an Xbox. That doesn't seem as realistic, and I don't know if it's because of the narrative and the things we hear people like Phil Spencer say time in and again is like he wants games in the hands of gamers and he makes it seem like he's willing to do that you don't get that same stance from nintendo or sony um you know i I, somebody in chat that this is i was also thinking i kind of want to wait and see i want uh phil doesn't waste statements he gives us hints sometimes he gives us teases but he also um Talks out of both it, sides of his mouth, yes. He does to a point, but at the same time, it's it's not wasted. I don't think it is. Uh, they're going to have this meeting, and we'll get something in the news about what was said and what the plan is from that meeting, and then I'll be willing to speculate a little more well, on on that. I could be wrong about this, but the business update event, I I, I think of that as a presentation to the public. Yeah. Okay. That'll be All cool. Right. I yeah. just thought yeah, probably I wasn't video. sure if it was... Yeah, I I don't know your your comment about your idea about the exclusives. I think the ex, I think exclusives are important to a platform if the platform is in the business of selling that exclusive directly to the consumer. Okay. If X if Xbox wants those exclusives and wants them exclusively on Game Pass, I don't know. I think the last estimates were thirty five million people have a Game Pass subscription, and that's like. But that's numbers that you're not getting from Xbox. That's only an estimation. If Game Pass was successful and they were comfortable touting their numbers, Xbox would give us the numbers. So my thought to that is, it seems like the writing is on the wall while Game Pass is not going away. I think they've realized, and look, I I think I spoke about it last week, with the Insomniac leak, it was also mentioned in their financials that Horizon Forbidden West, in its second year, launched on PlayStation Plus for free. You could play it just like it would be on Game Pass, and it cost the company $100 million by their estimations. Now, I know it's not apples to apples type of comparisons. I get that. But it does denote the disadvantage that a subscription service, while it's a amazing value to the consumer, that amazing value doesn't doesn't go anywhere if the business model is unsustainable to the company. Right. That's, that's so a fair I point. Think, I think it's fair to say that what they're going to do, I'm not sure if they're going to dis- discard the consoles. I don't know that that's where they are. But I think they have come to the determination is they will make more money because the PlayStation the PlayStation loyalists they're not going to Game Pass and buying Game Pass. They're not going to Xbox and buying Game Pass. They're not going to incentivize them to come over, is what I mean, to play that game. So give it to them over there. Get that revenue. For $70. And get game, and, yeah. Get that revenue. If they want to pay $70 because they're loyal to PlayStation, let yeah. them do it. Let those morons over at PlayStation, this guy, do that. And to be fair to what you just and said, that's their, what they and, do with Steam main, already. <laughs> right. And maintain and maintain their 35 million install base for Game Pass. Yeah, because that's a good, if you notice, that's a good point, notice, John. 
when they when they announced and they were being cagey about this and Xbox this 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 life cycle they have had the worst communication and Beth, even Bethesda has come out going they're frustrated by it um when they announced Blade at the Game a Game Awards they didn't tell you it was exclusive to Game Pass you know why probably not cuz it's not right you know it you knew it then and you know it now and there is no yeah. way at this point you can convince me that Indiana Jones is exclusive to Game Pass. It ain't going to happen. It's not going to happen. I can't imagine a 200 to 250 million dollar game when Game Pass makes only 200 million per month is going to be an exclusive to Game Pass. Only 200 million per month. I, I- think that's dynamite they're playing with man because i think they don't need maybe they're not underestimating the loyalist to playstation i don't know it's crazy it's crazy to think of the world we're in that's I all mean, i'm saying we have a friend like literally right now that i don't think would buy a next box no matter what they did I, I you're right but also there are people who have an xbox who will be like I kind of like that PlayStation mm-hmm. and Xbox is just giving our stuff away. Why am I, why am I staying here in, in this well, apartment thing, complex called Xbox? Why I'll just go get a PlayStation too. I can get everything I want. To be fair, their thing would be like, well, you get it sooner and you get it. As John said, you get on game pass if you want it. So if you care about game pass, then game pass, you have, you have an investment to at the very least invest on it in PC. Right. Yeah. That would be the thing. But if you're like, well, no, I want to pick and choose what I want from Microsoft and that's it, then you have the other side of it, which is whether you're going through Steam, Nintendo, or PlayStation, give them $70, right? And you're good on that front. Was Microsoft, if you're Microsoft, what do you care? If, you, if you're sitting there and you're going like, hey, we make about $122 billion a quarter, <laughs> and 13 billion of that is Microsoft or I'm sorry, is Xbox, right? As long as it's profitable, which they are like, that was the one big thing that we got from last year from uh, the whole entire thing was that they were more profitable than Sony. Like they know how to organize their expenses versus uh, their profits. They, they, they seem to be good on that front. Not much else, but <laughs> they understand what they're gonna make. You know, it it, it made me. I uh, I when I got my console, you remember I did it through the place where you ordered it because at the time I couldn't find an Xbox anywhere, so I did it's it where you direct, pay for it or yeah. But it was what, I know what, you pay about. for it for two years like and you get the demand. ultimate. Yeah, yeah, you get the ultimate Game Pass during that time frame, and everything's like thirty dollars. It's like yay! As soon as that stuff canceled, like it was up. I did not re-up it. I don't remember why. I think I missed the cutoff date. And I have not missed Game Pass at all. You don't have it now? No. And I don't and I don't know what that means because I thought when I had it, I used to, I, I I like I was like, I got Game Pass. It's ultimate. It's great. And now I don't have it and I'm like not missing it at all. I don't know what that means. I'm just putting that out there in the universe. I definitely don't think Game Pass is necessarily for everyone. And that's you know, that might be the realization of them. Like they're, 
there are certain things like it's it's worth it to me to go like I don't think I would go out there and buy Persona Three Reloaded, but because Persona Three Reloaded is on Game Pass, I will download it. Um, same with like the old Yakuza games, or I'm trying to think of other things offhand right now. You know, like I don't think I would have bought Penament on day one, but because it's on there, I'll download it and give it a shot. I mean, the, to your point, that that's a fair point. But 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 on the, at the same time, was I only getting those games because yeah, it was free on Game exactly. Pass? The flip side would you know be like, mean? so like, say you love something like an Obsidian or a Bethesda classic game, and you're going like, the only thing I care about from Microsoft this year is Avowed, because that's coming out and it's a fantasy game by Obsidian. Do you really care if you spend seventy bucks on PlayStation or somewhere else to own Avowed and you own See, it for good versus well giving them fifteen bucks per month to play Avowed play it and for art? whatever yeah, yeah they I mean take it off yeah in Sean I mean in Sean's defense and it, it it's it's worth thinking about if you pay a hundred and eighty bucks a year for Game Pass how many games is how many how many full price games is Are that. You? yeah yeah it was a rhetorical uh versus versus how many games you actually play on your game pass subscription when you have it what do you play one two three games per year because you had access to it on chris you may be an anomaly on that but like i I, i'm the if they really think about the value proposition we talk about how it's a huge value prop for game pass for, Mm. for, for consumers but at the same time someone like me I'll see it on Game Pass, but it bothers me I can't get the trophies. I'm not saying that's everybody. That's certainly no, not it, everybody. I think sure. it's more than you think. No. Stuff like um, that. Little stuff like that well, matters. No, and, like and I found I found probably last year I played maybe two games on that were available to me on Game Pass. So I actually lost money. Right. It's like, yeah, everybody can say Dude, I can play any game on Game Pass anytime I want to, bro. Yeah. How often do we do that? That's yeah. Oh, look, they have Cab Tumbler Four. <laughs> I mean, it's the same thing. Like to your point, I like, got you, Peggle Two again. If you point it to something like Netflix, right, which is trying to be, it's that same thing of like, well, Netflix is consistently offering you things. How many? How many times do you actually watch those new things? Probably that much. See, yeah, no, I'm the anomaly because if something new comes out on on uh, Netflix, I'm always like, "What's new? What's new? Don't want to watch but, it." But, but I'm like, actually actively but an, looking. But but a mm. Netflix movie will take two hours of my time, sure. and a video game on Game Pass will take twenty plus hours. Of yeah, if we change this to Netflix like, Games Chat, I'm gonna be the resident expert. I mean, because uh, I, I I get downs. That's like so. I think you have like groups that are this. You have the ones that just play the free online games and spend all their money in stores, right? My brother's Fortnite. one of them. Yeah. Fortnite, right? Yeah. yeah. Then you have what I would call the OG seasonals, which is they're probably buying Madden and Call of Duty every year. That's what they Sports buy. Franchises. And outside okay. of like maybe one or two games, that's what they buy. Then I think you get to this group of people that are somewhat passionate, like they're willing to check out some bigger third party things like they're playing the Final Fantasies or playing, you know, like they're going to go try Rise of Ronin, maybe. Right. Um, Maybe they try to Avowed or whatever. Is that coming to Game Pass? Avowed? Day one. 
no, Rise of Ronin. No, that's a PlayStation no, that's a, exclusive. Yeah, that, okay, yeah. okay, okay. Uh, Sony doesn't have first-party exclusives anymore. They just buy them this year. Um, but the then you have the other side. You have me, right? Which is you will be the person that goes out there and plays the smaller games. You'll play. <laughs> you'll play the bigger games. You'll play whatever. And having something like Game Pass, sure, is a huge benefit. I think I'm the in terms of taking in game pass content. I'm what you would call Sean. You know, this is what I'm saying a whale, right? I'm the, I'm the anomaly in terms of that. You're, I think, you're a bear. What? That too. <laughs> but I think the bulk of them are going to be like, maybe there's a bunch that played persona three this year and they didn't want to pay 60 bucks for it. And that's why they have game pass and Microsoft is hoping you played persona three and you're not going to touch anything else. <laughs> you're just gonna keep giving us yeah they don't 13 truth, they don't want us to play every game no i mean they well, they it, want us to pay for that service play a game or two but keep the service well i think i think about an alternate universe where phil spencer came out on stage to introduce the series x same console same box same specs and said we care about game pass we care about you adopting game pass Here's the most powerful console in the world, the Xbox Series X, and you can have it for $250. That was their goal. They wanted to sit there and they wanted a bunch of people to buy S's. No, no, no. Forget the oh, S. Sorry. Oh. The X. Put the X out there and say, we care, we, we, care about, we care about having 50 to 60 million subscribers of Game Pass, and we're willing to do it by giving you this, the most powerful console in the world for $250. Because one thing you can say, you could say that it was messaging for Xbox uh, One, which caused their downfall, and part of that is true. But let's not forget that Xbox One was $500 and PlayStation 4 was $400. It was a hundred dollars cheaper right out the gate Damn. when they launched that mattered. That played a role. Imagine because Xbox had the money to do oh, that. Holy they had the ability to absorb that cost <laughs> and it is eight thirty. Holy. You, do you want to skip the last one? No, no. I was going to say we should it's, do the last. It's, I, uh, it's depressing. It's no, depressing. I yeah. messaged uh, Sean during that, John. Uh, How? How have how what has happened? There, I, we, there's a, a lot of the news has been very topical. But it's been fun. I, I, they say when you're having fun, time flies, right? I've had fun today talking and going back and forth, except for that bullcrap about Ragnarok. But like, <laughs> it's been so. Ladies and gentlemen, what we're talking about is we just realized. I don't know what the final podcast is going to trim down to. Uh, we've uh, we've gone over two and a half hours at this point. We yeah, so you're welcome. What that means though, uh, we won't be able to know if Alejandro is the first emailer or not because we're probably going to. I can that tell you, week. I do know that. Um, I don't. I know Chris. That was the tease, man. I know it too. I looked. You drunk son of a gun. I'm not drunk. I just had a few headshot. <laughs> he was not. He was not the first this week. He's. I know he wasn't. You don't know how to do this radio tease stuff at all. You're like, no, I would tell you the truth right now. Truth radio. <laughs> I put the uh, flow chart of emails up on this wall. This he man. was not the starting point. Good job, Ab. 
This man has a Gantt chart of. <laughs> Finally. This week. Uh, the collapse, guys. More information has come to light after the recent collapse of developer and uh, of the failed the day before. Oof, everyone's game of the year right here. Alejandro just called him a Nazi bastard. That's funny. Uh, 16 former employees have come forward. According to the reports from GameStar and Game2, the day before wasn't always an ambitious project that we ended up with. The project initially started with 10 members of a 20-person team originally told that they would be working on a top-secret but small-scale survival game. As ambitions increased and based on word of mouth, Changes became so frequent that they went through three versions of the day before during its development that were completely different. Some sources say the two company heads would give lip service to the team as a quote, big family just to turn around and put pressure on the staff with spontaneous firings. Great company. Uh, these events were often used as means to quote, motivate the team with one firing to instill fear in the rest of the team. Reports have also been made regarding fines for small errors. Two individuals were asked to pay $1,930 for turning in low-quality voice recordings. These and other practices were happening under tremendous crunch. John, I don't know if you've ever seen the initial reveal with this. Uh you've ever seen it. I don't know how Ubisoft never sued them for stealing the division from them, but uh, yeah. How do you feel about these? Um, well, this, if true is horrible, but let me also just caution people to understand something. And here's, here, here it comes guys. You're, you know, the audience is going to really hate me saying this. We're in a we're we're in a video game financial decline, layoffs, very difficult, probably to find gameful employment in the industry right now. So it's tough. Let's say you're a developer on one of the biggest disasters of the decade, and that's on your resume, and you really kind of need to prop yourself up quick. Well, what do, what do you do? Maybe, and it's just something to think about. So don't put words in my mouth like I'm telling you this Only is Only fans? No. <laughs> Tell everybody what a toxic work environment you worked in. Instead oh. of, and, and put, put it in the light of you were victimized and, and, and distract from the fact that you were part of a disastrous development team. Have your day, man. If this is something you need to pursue, pursue it. And if it's true, I hope you get everything you deserve if legal options are being pursued. However, it's tough. And if you're at a part of a development team that's considered a failure and that's on your resume, you kind of need to do some spin. Just a thought. Otherwise, if it's true, I'm sorry it happened to you. Sounds awful. Sean? Yeah, I... Uh, Everybody loves me. 
I I initially started uh, hearing the intro song to The Sopranos because this sounded very mafia like. Yeah, woke uh, up this morning. Exactly, they're, they're coming for me in the chat. Man. It's like it's like uh, <laughs> it's like uh, you know, the firing would be like somebody getting offed, and uh, you have to pay stuff just because you're like businesses in our block kind of thing. Uh, that's what I thought of. So if that, like to John's point, maybe even to Chris's, if, if, if this kind of stuff happened, that's, that's tough. Like, why would you stay there anyway? Like you're better than that. Like you come on, like it, no one wants to work in this kind of toxic environment if it's true. But again, to John's point, I have personally seen in my, in my job or one of my positions I held how fast people they when they feel like they're in a corner or they're screwed how fast they will throw you under the bus to save their own skin it's truth it happens and that's just part of people being people so with those two sides of the coin who knows uh you know we reported and everybody saw the the fiasco that was the day before it was not cool um, and I'm sure more stuff will come out about this and we'll have thoughts and, you know, what, whatever have you on it. And, uh, I'll talk more then, but right now I kind of agree with jo- what John said, surprisingly enough. So to the drunkard himself, Chris, what do you got to say? <laughs> so it said there was a 20 person team and the story was from 16 former employees. So put that in perspective. No, it started uh, as a 20-person team. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure it really expanded. I don't know. Uh, everything I've seen after the fact with this studio just screams vaporware and down to you know them literally just seemingly stealing parts from other big games and trying to recreate CGI trailers to sell you on the game. Um, Regardless, it seemed like these two dudes just kind of got in over their heads as far as the heads of the studio. And I don't know, like from afar, not knowing every detail, this feels like, uh, Sean, what was the name of the terrible job rule failed festival, uh, fire. Oh yeah. The, yeah. 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 Yeah, Fire. F I F Y R E. (laughs) That's what this feels like. Uh, but for video games, like people over promising, not really ever working to develop something. Uh, and then when it all could have been so good. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> as soon as it falls out, if it falls out very fast and quickly and that's what happened here. So I don't know to the point there. Yeah. If there's any kind of legal repercussions that these people could take and they are entitled to hope they get it. If not just kind of sucks that they went through it. And I'm glad that, you know, they're willing to share what they perceived was a pretty terrible time in their lives. It sounds like, because, you know, hopefully it prevents people from buying. If they try to sell again, right. Maybe people will be a little bit more hesitant for the jump in. So. Yeah. So with that, (laughs) normally we would go into emails and all that kind of stuff. But like we mentioned a minute ago, this is a uh, two-disc copy of the episode this week, so uh, we're going to just kind of stop here, uh, but we promise if you wrote in 
we will read your emails next week. Uh, and then also all any new emails that come in. So, uh, by the way, from the, from our fan in Australia, one of our, one of our other fans love you to death. Just saying, uh, ladies and gentlemen, as Chris dies, this has been episode 435 of weekly games chat. Uh, just a quick reminder, wherever you download the show, man, if you could just leave us a, a review, it will help other people find us and the show grow, which is a win-win for everybody. Uh, you can find us on twitch.tv. All you got to do is search for Weekly Games Chat. Boom. There we are. Uh, our official inbox, which we really didn't talk about this week, is at weekly, I'm sorry, weeklygameschat at gmail.com. We are at Weekly Games Chat on Twitter. And, uh, of course, you can find us hanging out on our Discord community a lot. It's a great community, so... Uh, With that, my name is Sean, and I'll look to John and Chris, both of them. I love you guys so much. Game on, John. Game on, Chris. Game on, Sean. Game on, John. Game on, Chrissy Bear. Game on, Shawnee Boo. Peace out, everybody. Your mom's box. Tug life. Ooh. All right.